Welcome to Encounter. Today, we're joined by Vincent and Rue as we discuss what modern worship looks like, as well as how to present yourself on stage without drawing attention to yourself. Join us as we encounter Christ, encounter culture, and encounter each other. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Encounter Podcast. This week, we are welcomed by Vince, Rue, Joe, Cole, and Adam. Um, I'm Adam, and <laughs> we are going to be kind of talking about the worship music in modern contemporary settings, I guess. Or It's kind of going to go a bunch of different directions, but we have a lot of people here that have experience uh, playing on worship teams, leading worship, and living lives that demonstrate worship. So we are just going to kind of talk about our experiences first and then move on from there. So Joe, you want to start us off experiences mm. with worship? Not really. All right, cool. <laughs> to be honest. Well, last time when I started with my experiences, I felt like I monopolized it for like 20 minutes at the beginning. So I'm just trying to pass off the buck right away. Okay. Uh, all right. So I know. Give, give me a question. That was kind of, yeah. Give me a question. That was the question. All right. <laughs> no. How, how, what have you been, have you been involved in worship in the past? Uh, worship so, music on a stage. Worship music on a stage. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess I started at here at Calvary. Um. And I, th it just started on. Sorry. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I started playing just like cajon, and then sometimes acoustic guitar on a uh, on a Wednesday service, and then it you know escalated to uh, Sunday. It was actually because of actually it was because of Steve. Oh, actually, it was because of somebody was just like, you should, I, I could tell you got natural rhythm and I'm trying not to name drop, but it's really hard. Somebody was like, <laughs> it's funny because we're not name dropping like people that would give us credibility. It's just this random guy named Steve. <laughs> that That's the, try to not to name drop is hard. Um, yeah. So anyway, somebody, well, I can name drop Rue because she's here, but yeah. when I, somebody was like, uh, oh, I see you have natural rhythm. You should try, you know, you should try actual drums. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. That's like three things at once. But they were like, if, if you get your hands on a drum set, just try it. And it, and Rue actually had a drum set. And coincidentally, my grandmother had just moved out of her house. So I had a whole entire house in the middle of the woods with just one drum set in it. And so I would just go. I remember we set it up. Yeah, you might, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I literally just went and played like every night, like just put music on and just let it go. And then it wasn't long after that, like, Two months maybe after that, I just one Sunday I was just like practicing with the team. And Vince was like, "Yeah, why don't you just play this like this service?" And I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about that." And then we, I asked his dad, and he was like, "Just do it. You're not gonna you're not gonna know until you do it." And then I started doing, it, and here we are. It's funny when I asked him when it was big as life regrets, he said that. He <laughs> that said was that it, moment. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step on the drum set. Really yeah. Yeah. Back years. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and not to I mean not to uh, make your head big, but like it is crazy how quickly you became proficient at drums. It just is. Like I, I play, I practice for the same amount of time in my house with drum set, and I became a fraction of where you were. So it just, it was cool to see. Like that was God's calling for you to play that. Because mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. same thing happened for me on guitar. I became proficient relatively fast because it was yeah. needed, mm -hmm. you know, and it was needed, and God led you there, which is awesome. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. But it was just, I didn't think it was going to get past the rhythm part, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it just did. Once I got the three thing down, then it was fine. But yeah. nice. All right, Big Vinny. Mini Vinny, sorry. Mini Vinny. <laughs> uh, for me, getting involved started younger than it should have. <laughs> you know, back, uh, Adam, you and I, we were just kids back in the day. And our original 
I say original, the one that was our worship leader back when it, when my memory recalls, it was, uh, she was just like, Oh, Hey, like I need help with this. Okay, great. And we just started like, just getting involved however you could. I remember it was for youth group. You and I started playing cause we were just kind of like, why don't we have worship at youth group? I was at your, you know, in your parents' basement. It's like, Oh, we should do stuff. And like just people stepping up to do stuff. I remember, um, a couple of us that could sing a little bit, a couple of us that were learning the guitar or playing an instrument or whatever, just kind of falling into roles that helped, helped us discover it on our own. And then, you know, in a similar way to Joe, it was just kind of like, oh, we need that on Sunday. Come, <laughs> come help us on Sunday. Okay. You know, and, and for me, it started, it started out a lot differently. Like the first instrument I played for worship was drums and I am not a drummer. <laughs> so that's how desperate we were back in the day. <laughs> if you really want to think about it. But I just remember our old worship leader, she was just kind of like, you play the drums, right? I was like, whoa, I have hit them. <laughs> I have yeah. hit them before. And she's like, well, here's some songs, practice them and let's go. And I was like, okay. And that's, that's what I started doing. And I did that every other week for at least a year I was playing and it was insane because I only knew those 10 songs. All right, throw, 20 songs. Throwback question. What, what song Give did you sing? Hands. No, no. What <laughs> song did you sing? Give us clean hands. This is my favorite drum song. <laughs> Give us clean hands. <laughs> it's all Tom's. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Um, what, what song did you sing behind a podium for a Christmas service by yourself acapella when your voice before it dropped? A little town of Bethlehem. I'll Many never forget times. that. <laughs> Ask me about the time I sang Carol of the Bells with my dad at the fish market church. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard you reference that story before. Just the two of us. Have you ever heard two no. part a cappella Carol of the Bells? Not great. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Prepubescent but guy the, the, and, the one, and dad. But the one <laughs> before that, I remember, I'll never forget because like it's just a funny full circle because my brother was sitting next to me and you were singing a cappella with your arms <laughs> like this. I remember like this or like this or something and you finished and my brother was like, he can sing pretty well. And then, and then he's like, it's really high. <laughs> and then... And then it's just funny, like 20 years later. You're, well, you can you blame know, my mother for that. I'm not allowed to use her the name high voice? on here. Uh, no, for, oh. for just awkward <laughs> displays of singing. From the time I was a kid, she used to be like, go sing this. Like, just pressuring me into it all the time. Yeah, that's probably good, though. It, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily bad. I'm a little traumatized from some of them. Um, What's the worst thing? Your friends have stories about you 20 years the later. The worst thing was my family used to dress up and do a skit like every year in the church. And they used to make us sing in it and all this other kind of stuff. And the worst one, because I remember it so vis vividly, was Daniel in the Lion's Den. And I had to be Daniel and all my family was dressed up as lions, like literally dancing around me singing. And I'm just like, it was, and I remember it. So it's scary because I only remember enough of it to be afraid of my own family. So it's great. <laughs> but they made me sing a song in the middle of it. It was like, what is this sound of, like sound of music? I don't understand. Why are we breaking it down for a song? Oh well, sorry to sidetrack again, but the, the, I have one that's worse. My, okay. In fourth grade, I was in the Christmas play and my role was a cow. Oh my God. I wore a big white thing with like black <laughs> spots. I mooed uh, twice. That was it. I so laid there the whole once. play and just twice had to go. <laughs> and that was, that was, I thought that was spot on. Thanks, man. I practiced. That. I thought yeah. there was a cow in That was it. And, and did you get people typecasted have video for the next year? footage of it. Huh? Did you get typecasted for the next year? I did. Cow again. One yeah, of the most Cal embarrassing game. moments about it, though, for the Donkey. same, like the way the church used to make us sing growing up, even from like a young age, um, uh, was a friend of ours that we went to youth group with her mom showed me a video in my adult life. She was like, I found this. You should watch this. <laughs> That's always and great. I was when like, I don't want to <laughs> do we want? Cause as soon as she, as soon as you see the home video camera start to shake and it was the old stage at the church. And I was just like, 
I know exactly what that is. I was like, you're about to watch me dressed as a shepherd saying, oh, little town of Bethlehem in front of everyone. Yeah. And oh, all they my have friends. video of that? Oh, yeah, there's video of it. Yeah, it's not great. It's great. I Cole, see the wheels turning. <laughs> we can ask her for it. Just remind can me. Can you I'll imagine if we plan service and you, you, you know, he, pre- he prays up. and then... <laughs> that would be great. Honestly, we'll just bring it back. You could dress up as a cow. I'll dress up as a shepherd. We'll just throw it back. Cole, you're the angel. So. You can be the thing you were last year and that the other the walk oh, I was Joseph, yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. All right, so to round out your answer, because you only got about a quarter of the way through your life, no. Camp Halawasa, yeah. Calvary Chapel. <laughs> yeah, I started in church, and then... <laughs> yeah. Well, we got sidetracked. I, no, I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure people knew you just didn't stop at the little town of Bethlehem. That was Bethlehem. it. That's the peak. <laughs> Honestly, it was the peak. I had more fans then. So yeah. <laughs> no, I started there, and then um, uh, the summers at Halawasa just mm. were... They, they shaped me a lot to learn a huge level of confidence for it. Honestly, mm. was, was one of the biggest, like, I don't want to say struggles. I, I sounds arrogant, but like, I never really struggled with the confidence to get in front of people and sing. Cause once I'm doing it, it didn't bother me. It's, I always get nervous going up, but it didn't bother me to do it. But Halawasa took that away. I'm not name dropping mm. that place. <laughs> it took that away from me because I was just forced to sing in front of hundreds of kids like and kids are the meanest i want you to know they're they're the biggest judges of everything that you do and it and that that really took away that well whatever happens happens it is what it is mentality because you got to get up there you do your best you try to help lead them in that and then sometimes you crash and burn you're by yourself sometimes you uh what's the phrase you use fly too close to the sun (laughs) where it's just like yep i blew that one but you do what you do you know and then uh right out of there after did you not say acres because you didn't want to name drop (laughs) I didn't say it. No, we were we saw we saw an artist that missed their note the other day, and Bruce sent me a video of it. And I was just laughing because they just fabulous. Up, they, they missed their they missed their note, and she was like, "Even he does it. We're good to go." And it just reminded me of the camp. <laughs> That's good, Joe. Joe, you have natural singing. Let's start talking about this next. But yeah, so then it, you know, Halawasa, I had years there doing leading worship there, and that you know that gave me that independent uh, drive to be able to do stuff to to say that I I'm okay enough just to do it on my own and then um after that it would be mostly back to church like kind of not not that i ever really strayed but that it was right around the same time that rue actually encouraged me to start singing and playing more leading more and doing that kind of stuff and she pushed me towards it and uh talked to the our old worship leader and was like you should have him do it all right cool she worked it out she's helped me through many of the years but we're not here to boost her ego so <laughs> but <laughs> <all> good. <laughs> so it uh you know, just that, and then I kept playing and leading in that, and then I, that's when I kind of fell away from trying anything new, and I'm just like, here we are, we're singing and playing, you know, trying to yeah. facilitate other stuff. And, uh, I mean, how old am I now? 28 and living it up, right? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Eight. All right. 28. I like that you went first, so you kind of covered like half of my during the <laughs> I, really, um, I actually want to, I don't know your whole experience before Calvary, so I'm curious. Before Calvary. So... All right, I got saved in college. So in college, there was a, a Christian church there on campus. I got involved there. They didn't really have a worship team, but we did sing worship-type songs. But it was an African-American church, so they were different than the songs we're singing now. Mm. Um, and then I went to the mission field after I graduated college. I went for a summer. I ended up staying 15 months. And I had learned the guitar a little bit before I went, and then I really was learning it. So we were there. We did worship songs in Spanish. And then when I came back, I got involved in the church um, where it was difficult to get on the worship team uh, if you weren't one of the beautiful people. That's what it felt like. Um, <laughs> so first, you should have been on first. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> yeah. you just had to be in a certain 
crew to get in. And it wasn't until I went to Calvary Chapel uh, that was in Vineland at the time that I walked through the door and there's a guy there and I am going to say his name because he's in heaven, Stan Allen. Mm. And he welcomed me and he said, what's God given you to do? Mm. And I said, I love to do music. And he got a songbook into my hand that same day. He didn't know me from Adam, talked mm. to me about my heart, hooked me up with the worship leader at the time. And within I, within weeks, I was you know helping with the children, doing worship and stuff oh, like that. Awesome. Um, so and then eventually I kind of said, you know, can I come out of the basement now? Because we were in a Y. <laughs> and so uh, I went on to the worship team and then kind of was involved as a person singing, playing. Um, and then the pastor at the time was like, hey, why don't you help out with the Wednesday night? Uh, I was terrified, but I did it, playing the guitar. Mm. And then from there, I began to lead more at church. On the mission field, I would do a lot of playing and leading large groups of people while we were doing a skit or singing, stuff like that. But it was, it's very different than leading worship. You know, it's just like you're trying to open up open them up to the gospel, you know, mm -hmm. so you're doing these large songs and these fun interactive motion songs, but it wasn't until I started at Calvary that I started, you know, doing worship and leading worship and then had opportunities to do it for women's retreats, other churches and stuff like that. Calvary Chapel, Hamilton, when I eventually landed there as, as my home and stuff like that. So that's. And you've kind of played out everywhere, like other churches and venues with the guy that sets up those things, which is kind of cool that. How many churches would you say you've played at over the years? Like, if you were to slap a number on it. I would say more than 50 for sure. Wow. I mean, That's sometimes I go places where I'm like. By 30. Or, and even going someplace where there's several churches there. So they know you, but you don't really know the churches, you know, and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's been, it was great. I used to do it a lot more when I wasn't serving full time somewhere, I would go and fill in for worship leaders so that, you know, they could go away and stuff like that, which was cool. That's cool. You're like that person who comes in and like, I don't know, they're excited to see you yeah. when you're that person, right? Because you're yeah. helping them out. Yeah. They just appreciate, yeah. you know, and there's not, it's a different weight, you know, a different weight um, because it's, there's something uh, unique when you go in just for a day, mm -hmm. freeing, you know, you can kind of just. You're just, I'm here. That's it. I'm here for the day. Like it or leave. You give it all you, know, you, like it all it you have, too. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, and, you know, you're by yourself and, you know, keys and guitar and that's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Something that's pure about that. Yeah. I like it. Cool. And people really sing. Sometimes, I guess the instruments get in the way a little bit. Mm. They become more of an observer. When it's just a person with their one instrument singing, sometimes they're just like, they're forced to come forward because it, it looks awkward if they're just, they're just like, okay. Yeah. And I love to stop singing and hear people sing. Mm. I love that. So yeah, me too. That's me. Nice. Yeah. I said me too, like I sing. That's <laughs> <laughs> like when the waitress says, like, enjoy your meal. Like, you too. You too. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, hopefully you get a lunch break. <laughs> um uh, so mine's a lot like Vince's, but this is one thing. I, I mean, I can just uh, draw this parallel, which is pretty cool. And I'm listening to you guys. Uh, like the the very first thing, and he's been on the show, Pastor Vince, when I was 12, 13 years old, my brother, I guess I was 13, was graduating to go to college. And he was the acoustic guitar player mm -hmm. on our worship team. And he was leaving. And Pastor Vince, I was walking in, and my brother had just given me his old guitar. I was like 
two months into learning an E chord and learning the slider from an E to an A to a B. And Pastor Vince like, oh, I hear you're learning to play guitar. Uh, we, Mark's graduating. We need help soon. And I said, okay. And he's like, I need you to be on stage next week. And I was like, wow. Uh, so we, I met with uh, the worship leader and like we went over songs that could be played with those three chords. So we played Celebrate. Oh, yeah. Because it's this, you can slide up and down. No comment. I know. <laughs> and uh, any song that we could capo to make it G, C, D, or right, E, right. A, B. You know, and so that's where we were. And uh, the part that was cool for me was I think I learned more in that first six months than I have in any six-month increment since. Because, like, God had called me to fill in that spot, and mm -hmm. I had a willing heart because it was exciting. It was just – it was. And that was pretty cool. And it sounds, like, kind of similar to Joe's, kind of similar to Vince's, kind of similar to yours, mm -hmm. like the missions, mm -hmm. like when you went to – so that's kind of cool when the, when the calling is clear, like, God equips you, you know. Absolutely. It's awesome. Um I've noticed that, um, like in in all of my experience, that when when there's a needed position, something needed, God always fills it. And when when you have someone with a willing, faithful heart that's just ready to step up, like every single one of us at that time was that person. You know, like you, like Pastor Vince was like, Adam, do this, and yes, Root, um, mm. I remember, forgot his name already, Alan, but <laughs> Steve Allen, Stan, Stan <laughs> Allen, I tried, but you know, he was just like, hey, what do you want? And you know, it's just being called to it with a willing heart. Same with Joe, like picking it up, and same with even Cole, who's remaining awkwardly quiet over there. But that's, that's <laughs> the standard for these so, podcasts. He'll he'll no it's just kind of like there's a, <laughs> yeah. you know, people with the heart of there's a need. How can I fill it? Like, um, like we joked about back in the day. Like I started playing drums. I didn't. I didn't even want to play drums as a kid. I just they needed it, and I started playing. And then I definitely didn't want to play the bass, and they made me play the bass for a long time. And you know, it's just like you just do what you do because like the whole goal is furthering the worship. Or like, what is the need? How can I fill it? And at 14 years old, I was a better bass player than I would be if I picked it up now. And I have a much better understanding of the fretboard of it. <laughs> so like, mm -hmm. it's just, I think it just really has to do with like the consistent God was just like, let me help you, <laughs> you know, like take yourself out of the equation sometimes really helps. And the willing heart is the biggest indicator of someone that's going to go places in, in a worship setting. I think I'm, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just thought that was kind of cool hearing that, like all our experiences are kind of similar, you know, and for, our, uh, I mean, for the rest of it's just, I led a group of uh, worship team in college, which was a good experience for half and a horrible experience for the second, mm -hmm. but the most valuable experience to date and Camp Halawasa and a church in Princeton is where I've, where I've kind of played and got my different experiences from. At some point tonight, the, the one, the worship team in college that I played on was like some of my favorite people in the world that I'm still close with. Uh, maybe it'll come up later tonight if it's worth telling, but it's, it was a, the actual group itself there was you know three five hundred people that went on a every thursday they had some serious doctrinal issues that came up out of nowhere where they invited like a guest speaker and he it was like blasphemous like the whole the whole uh nine and it was like one of the most biggest experiences that rocked me because i was leading i was the face of a group that then mm. wasn't following the jesus that i follow um and so that was like uh, one of the biggest learning experiences possible i had to learn how to like gracefully step down without leaving them without somebody and but at the same time like not to let other people know i didn't represent what they were doing um so that was that's my only other experience that's like worth like tying into something tonight um the dude that just went up he just went up and he was doing healings but he was like telling people to, to pretend they were healed um so he would like go up to two or three people and it had just so happened that one of the people that went that night um wasn't a believer and it was his first time out and i'd invited him and he said he was told by this guy uh, that to just say he was healed no matter what happened. Wow. And it, like that kid never came back to the thing. So it was very devastating for, you know, for me because I worked on this guy getting him out. 
and you know, so I had to meet with the leaders and that was a, that was a, one of the harder times I've had. Cause it was, it was like the family I've been a part of for three years. And at mm-hmm. that point it was mm-hmm. just like, I was co-leading with somebody who just at that moment walked out and never came back. And so, yeah, so that was a big learning experience. And then I came back to Calvary and I've been playing there since under you guys. So that's awesome. Cole. Oh boy. Here we go. Cole or bear. <laughs> so I, uh, never really wanted to get into worship, like the music side of it. I've always been interested in technology and everything. At the race, at the church I grew up with, I was always involved. And um, then in youth group, they started a youth worship team um, to play. I think it was like every three months, like the the youth would take over a Sunday. Is this um, the one that nobody remembers yeah, the name? Shots okay. out! <laughs> shots out to. Uh, well, I, I, Teen Rock or something. It was something. And we just <laughs> Teen Rock. Teen Rock. Like I, I don't think Teen. I don't think that was the name, but that's what everybody's agreed that. What was ours? Future preference. Future preference. Future preference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and wow. the mic was swung in that direction. <laughs> um, so I, I had, I had learned piano a little bit growing up. Like my parents forced me to learn one instrument. So I did the little bit that I knew that I could do. Um, and then one Sunday, one of the worship teams uh, was like, "Hey." Because they had a rotating uh, worship team. And they're like, hey, do you want to play a couple songs? And I was like, on a Sunday? Like, on Sunday morning, are you sure you, <laughs> you want to do that? Like, I'm not a piano player. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Just, you do this, this, this. And they gave me, like, the chord charts and everything and the songs to play. And I was like, all right, we'll see how this goes. That only lasted for a few months. Um, uh, I just, I wasn't super interested. I was so much more passionate about the technology, the sound ministry, and the video side of it. So, and then I kind of gave up. No, I wouldn't say gave up on it. Like, I kind of let it go for a really long time, uh, moved churches, uh, and got involved in the tech ministry, but never back into the worship ministry of it um, until I came back to Calvary, um, got involved in the media ministry again, but then we had started um, the Revive Nights, and I don't know how the conversation happened, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I know a little bit of piano, why not get some like pad sounds, organ sounds, like some something else to fill out the piano sounds. I was like, yeah, sure, sound, that sounds... No pun intended. Sounds uh, something <laughs> like something I could do. Uh, it's not super stressful, like playing the piano part that I'm not um, capable of. But um, and then after that, I think one Sunday, uh, Vincent asked me to just like switch off because we had a um, an organ player, and he's like, "Oh, why don't you switch off like every other week or so?" So I was like, "Sure, why not?" And ever since then, just kind of filling in where I can. Mm. So that's it. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, so, I mean, this is. I'm just gonna ask the questions I want to ask. So, uh, if, well, if, if you don't want to answer podcast. them, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's, it's ours. But I'm saying that I this one I've just been thinking about. So, for uh, when I was driving today, I was thinking like the only scripture that I know that's like that re- relates to a congregational worship setting is in Colossians three, and it talks about uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and and making sure that they're edifying and they're admonishing, and and unless you guys have any other top of your head that you can chuck at me, but I, there's uh, examples of worship, but like congregational worship where there's like someone involved in presenting it. And, um, so when we, when we have worship as a scriptural, uh, when we're talking about theology of worship, we're talking about systematic theology. So looking at the scripture as a whole and looking about how we can take, you know, we know that David had symbols. We know that, you know, worship is a lifestyle. We know, we know all these different things about worship that we have to like kind of compile and sim- systematically decide this is good. And this isn't, you know? Um, what are some things like from the Bible, I guess, that that you you have in mind when you're like, okay, that's that's good worship and that's not good worship, and like any scriptural references for like 
you know, one or the other. Good worship. And, and by good worship, yeah. not, I'm not talking about like <laughs> no quality. Yeah. I'm talking about like biblical worship. Like if, if we're talking, it would be really nice if, you know, in Psalms there was a chapter on worship and this is what it should look like in front of a church. But we don't necessarily have that. Yeah. No, I think one of the things that um, uh, we can use famous artists, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People like Shane and Shane excel at is taking. Wait, they, they listen to this. You oh, can't. Man. You can't talk. Sorry, to Shane. Shane. <laughs> Sorry, other Shane. <laughs> Sorry, other Shane. Are their names actually Shane and Shane? I think so. Bernard, Bernard and Everett. And Shane Bernard. Okay. Okay. So, um, you can apologize. But Mary, Mary yeah. is not Mary and Mary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to know. Uh, but something that they do well is they take they use they take a lot of psalms and they they sing them as. You know, they put, they put a melody to it, you know, um, and that that's something that really can change the way you can view a worship setting. It's like, this is actual scripture put to song. You know, you can't take that away from it sometimes, you know, and um, does it always fit in your church's worship setting? No, because the music is, you know, like maybe that's not the, the style you're going for or a way to get your point across, let's just say, but sometimes it is a beautiful way to just take the scripture, actually just sing right through it and realize that like, it's there for a reason on top of that. Not, not even necessarily saying this scripture is pointing 100% towards how you should conduct worship on a church set in a church setting or in your congregational setting. But it's just like, sometimes you just get together and praise God's name the way that someone else already acknowledged him. Sometimes you can take that and just be like, that's right. Uh, we all have points in our lives where you're like, oh, this person said it best. This person said it best. Sometimes mm. David said it best, <laughs> you know, and you could just go back and start singing that out. You know, and there's there's many examples of that. And I think that's one of the greatest things that, that I look for in worship music that I'm drawn to is it's very clearly defined biblical. It's almost like Bible verses that are just yeah. tweets. If it, yeah, the ones that just real. And even if it is a creative take on it, it's just something that very boldly proclaims the scripture aspect of it and just takes that away. It takes a lot of guesswork out of it, <laughs> you know, when you're yeah. just like, what are you trying to say? Sometimes you know what it's trying to say because you know the word that it's coming out of. So that's yeah. something and, that I think And their, their process is so cool, Shane and Shane's, because they, they, they don't know chords still. Like they don't, when they make, <laughs> people may have to make chord charts for their stuff. Oh, wow. That's why they use half capos because they had to figure out less notes. <laughs> so when, because you can just, if you put one finger on the G string, you can play any chord on a, with a half capo. But they're, they they say they just open up Psalms or a piece of scripture and then they just start strumming and then they find a melody and then they write their song. So it's just so cool that they're literally opening their Bible and producing records that people sing around the world. Mm, you know, it's cool. just really cool. That's cool. I think about in the Old Testament, I mean, I think about the fact that the praise team was the first to go in, in battle. Uh, they were in the front, you know. Mm. And so I think uh, about that, you know, that the power of praise, it's part of warfare, mm. you know, and kind of like, I think we think about it a little bit like just, oh, it's, you know, preparing the hearts for, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to say that like lightly, <laughs> but preparing the hearts for the sermon, but it's actually supposed to be more of like, this is part of the spiritual warfare that's happening. Almost like a Jericho. Yes. Where that the, we're you know, the, going the sound forth, brought down the walls. Right? You know. And, you know, the, send the praise. <laughs> praise people went first. And as they were praising, God did it. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I like, I love that aspect. And, you know, this past Sunday, I was even thinking that we were singing a song. And I was just like, wow, this is like, are we really, are we in touch with what this could be for us? as a team, you know, this, just thinking through it. Am I, am I, you know, am I singing this over people or am I singing this with that intention? You know, mm -hmm. that like, 
does God do it or not? Does he does he break chains or not? Like, you know what I mean? Is 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 he going to do it if we call about it? You know, if we ask for it. Um, so and, and that is because I think about the Old Testament and how they use worship. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we all play from the same stage most Sundays together. So I, I know that you guys have seen it, too. And if you haven't, look for it because it's really cool. Like the way she's even saying, like if you reference it to battle or preparing the hearts or getting people in line, you can look at some of the meanest looking people in our church and like... You could see them come in. They look cold. They look distant. They look angry. A couple minutes. Wait, what are their names? A, I got the list already. Brian. <laughs> so you just look at people, and you just start to you start to see how like it's affecting them, and it is, and and it's it's really it's not anything we're doing. Sometimes it's a different perspective on on theology. Sometimes it's taking taking a thought and singing it or finding a way that it's like, oh, I never considered that. I never thought about that. I didn't know he could do that. I didn't you know, there's many of those times that happens even even to me still, but you can watch their faces sometimes. Not not every single person, not every single time, but you can watch like walls come down. You could like the, you can watch them just start to be like, you're right. Or it, it sometimes it's just a distraction of where they came from. And you know, and like to Rue's point earlier, like some of the most powerful worship quote unquote experiences I've had are me and my guitar or like a Wednesday where it's just like two or three people up there saying, because people are forced into that. And they're like, sometimes it's like an obligatory, like, I don't want to leave this guy hanging. <laughs> you know, he's always there by himself, yeah. you know, but sometimes it really just is like, we, you're doing it. Like, you know what? Forget everything else. We're just here to sing it out. We're just here to praise. We're just mm -hmm. here. You know what? You're right. Let's go and start singing about it. And it, sometimes that is the most powerful thing. And sometimes you can just watch people like, Whoa! It's about to, you know, it's about to get lit in here, and then you just see them like really fall into the music. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find a nice way to say that. No, that's, that's perfect. So, <laughs> so, and you just see them; it just can really tear down the walls. Like you could just go in, and and you can, and there are people that like I have seen that their heart is ready for the message. You know, for as much as I can mm -hmm. see of that. You mm -hmm. know, you just look and you're just like they're ready. Like, and that's what I, I like what both of you guys are saying because basically what uh, you know, it's the heart behind what's coming across. And I think a lot of the problems that we see in worship. Or when the heart is visible, whether it's either they're attracting attention to themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about like people that when you're just you're watching, like oh, you know, um, attracting attention to themselves. They're just their heart's not there, and you can just tell, mm -hmm. you can feel it from right. like the they're congregation. Dialing it in, and like let's be honest, there's some Sundays you dial it in, yeah. and you're faithful because for whatever reason you're not there. Um, but you trust in God's, you trust that the Holy Spirit is way bigger than what you're bringing to the stage. Like <laughs> way, way, way bigger mm -hmm. that he's going to accomplish and, and touch hearts because he draws people. That's what he does. Um, but yeah, you can tell sometimes when we're just dialing it in, we're just kind of playing the notes. Um, but God still blesses. And that's, that's where the hope is in the whole thing that us dust getting up there, making mistakes, messing up in our own lives, falling short, he still uses dust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh. I was going to say, even to the point of like, like even last night, I started a song in the wrong key. Like the whole thing. Just huge. I was just like, that's the wrong key. I'm playing in the wrong key. Stop, move it over. And you could look at it and be like, nothing was affected in the overall outcome of worship that evening by that mistake. Like sometimes we often feel that way. And like we're saying, you just get up there and you're just like, got to be a vessel fit for use. And it's like, yeah, I made a mistake. Get over it. Let's go. And you, you just see that it didn't affect the flow because like she was saying, God is bigger than your 
stupidest mistake. God yeah. is bigger than anything you're bringing to the table. And like my prayer lately, and I, I pretty much pray it every Sunday. You're all there anyway, but I pray it like God, just let us be used by you. Let us be, let help us to get out of your way. And that's been my personal heart's cry lately. It's just like, am I in the way, God? Like mm-hmm. if I am, move me because I don't need to be there, you know. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. trying to almost draw back to the sense of my youth that was just like, oh God, like, yeah, I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'll do whatever it is, you know, just have that willing yeah. heart that I don't want to say I used to have, like, I don't have it, but like try to strive for that just like total innocence and abandon in it. And it's a, it's a big deal. And mm-hmm. for me, the the part that of, of worship when I'm, when I'm listening to songs or going to worship service and stuff, something that makes good worship for me is it illuminates Jesus better. Mm-hmm. Like I, in the same way that like you read the old Testament or the new Testament, it all is about Jesus. You know, the Old Testament, you're going to see prophecies, you're going to see foreshadowing, you're going to see, you know, all these things that are pointing towards the coming Christ. And you get to the New Testament, it's either the Christ or how does the the resurrected and ascended Christ, how does that now dictate your life and how is the Holy Spirit going to guide you? So for in a worship set, for me, and this is like I, Jesus has to be mentioned in, but before a worship set's over. Like I don't, I don't I'm not going to be mm-hmm. make rules, like it has to be every song. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have an attribute of Jesus that I, you know, if I walked in and didn't know anything about Jesus and then I, and then I finished the set and I did not know any of his attributes or what he did, I think it's a failed worship set. Mm. So I, for me, I, I, that's what I, that's my main thing. And, and I don't think I'm wrong. No, there's but, a lot of I people mean, that equate it to like, if that song could be sung to your significant other, your romantic partner mm-hmm. or to Jesus. And I don't know which one it is. That's you messed up. And so, but, but see, see, even that I agree, I agree as a general rule, but I think if it's squished between two songs that do frame it, then yes. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Right. right. It's like it's kind of part of the conversation. Yeah. It's part of the conversation. It's part of the relationship right. that you have. Well, if you look at song of Solomon, it's pretty, you know, pretty lovey. Yeah. But it also is about God too. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we get a little, I mean, I don't want to say like rigid, but a little rigid in that there's so many Psalms. Like if you read the Psalms, like mm-hmm. he's talking real stuff in there. Yeah. You know, he's not. And so that is the Psalms are songs. Mm-hmm. So he was singing real stuff, but somehow in there he did say, you know, it sometimes turned, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's break their teeth and you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We could try that on a Sunday, but I feel like, there's got to be that realness, <laughs> the the real the real conversation about what's what, mm-hmm. um, and you know somehow in the midst of that, God is is present in that too, even if we don't say Jesus, but in a service where we know people may not all be where we are, where we know that's where we're talking about, it's important to make sure that it's clear, yeah, who we are t- who we we are looking at in the midst of that. Even if we're talking about a struggle in the middle of a song. Yeah, it's the same we, thing yeah. with if like a, a pastor using an analogy. Right. Or a pastor telling a personal story. Right. That personal story obviously is in scripture, but it does help illuminate Absolutely. Jesus in that relationship. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking of like a whole worship set. That's, that's basically mine. Because there are worship sets that I've heard where they, I don't know what God they're singing to by the time it's over. Yeah. And and that's one of the big yeah. things I had with, with the, the mm-hmm. worship leader at the position of the step down from is they didn't want me to say Jesus in my prayers. So okay, like in the yeah. prayer before service, they were like, you need to use like football analogies to like, because you don't, they, their idea was you want to, there's, so there's like the people walking church. by, they wanted them to get in. Yeah. And then if you offend them too quickly, they'll leave. So we're going to preach the gospel, but we want them to like be hooked in first, have them sit and yeah. then they're stuck. And then we'll hit them with Jesus. But since I was praying first, they wanted to be a very general God prayer. Yeah. And I was like, 
uh, if I died today and I know I could have said Jesus one more time, there's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather have just said Jesus. So the last time you did it, did you go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Yeah, no, there wasn't another time. <laughs> my last week, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, were, they had me like practice. Like, so if Jesus is the quarterback, just say the quarterback and give the analogy. And I was like, no, nah, Okay, that's a little bit too much work. No, too much work, and I just don't. I don't. Don't agree. Well, like, mean, how do you pray? Like, right. to open up worship and not not talk about the person you're That's singing. That's the work to. I'm saying. The work to go around. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you meant like <laughs> no, a lot no. of effort. It's like yeah. When like we're at school or something, we're going around saying God, you know, and talking about mm-hmm. Jesus. When really we know that's what we're talking about, even if we're trying to, you know, because we can't say it. You yeah. know, That kind of crazy stuff. But yeah. Joe, what's your attribute? What's your positive, positive or negative thing about worship you look at? What makes good worship? Um, well, I mean, the only other reference, like you said, where you named the Colossians one, but that I could think of um, would be worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. Mm. You must worship him in spirit and truth. And I think our whole entire goal should be to find that balance. That's like a lifelong goal. because it, And that balance might shift depending on where you're at with the church, mm-hmm. you know, um, what church you're at or whatever. So I think the whole goal is to hit that right in the middle because too much one or the other can be detrimental. Um, you know, if you're just, just worshiping in spirit and not in truth, then it's like lawlessness. And then mm-hmm. if it's the other way around, if you're worshiping just truth and, and it's no spirit at all, no then grace. it's just legalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta find right in the middle, which is hard. And it could vary. Depending took on Peter the a really long time. Took Paul a really long time. Oh yeah. No, balance, right. You right. Know? But also wanna, I also like that you mentioned uh, the Shane and Shane thing and how they just like, they literally just take the Bible and put it right the song because that's kind of how it was in the very beginning. Like the oldest part of New Testament scripture, like one of the oldest parts that we have is the Corinthian Creed. And that was just, it was literally sung and it was like, you know, your main things, like Jesus rose again from the dead and, and he appeared, he, you know, he appeared to Peter first and then to the, you know, then to the others. That was just so that they would memorize that and know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Do you think they used GC, E minor, D? Probably, yeah. <laughs> if we use four chords, I hope more minors in so. there. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it might not even. It might have just almost sounded more spoken word. I don't know what a song can, you know, yeah. meant back then. But you know, um, but it was, it was sung like that, so you would not forget it, and mm-hmm. um, so it was just scripture. But yeah, so I, I, I like what Shane Shane does. Yeah, me too. That's what, guys. Vince keeps raising his hand. Yeah, I do. Well, this I don't is know. Not school. <laughs> no, so it, yes, that's one of the reasons why our pastor specifically um, likes to end the church service with a worship song. He wants to go out singing because it can be more memorable. It can be something that you're going to take to heart and that you're going to just be like, he says, you know, when, when he and I discussed it in the past, he was just like, so what, like, are you going to go out of here singing with, if we're going out of here with joy on our lips, if we're going out of here praising, if we're going out of here lifting his name high, like that's probably what's going to stick in your head when you're out the door, when you're 20 minutes down the road and somebody cuts you off when you're, you know, yeah, when you're, you're not like three repeating like the pastor sermon. Yeah. It's not just like, over, Oh, I really like the way he dissected. No, it has not, you know, they, yeah, yeah. typically people remember the songs and they remember that, um, sometimes it's just whistling the tune or you hear that in the Wawa or whatever, not Wawa, I guess, but like you Which hear it in your car. And that's why it's so important whatever, to me so. that it's scripture right. because how cool is it that you can just be singing mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah. scripture, like most of scripture I've memorized is literally Shane and Shane's yeah. lyrics. doing mm. like, I, I mean, what five to 10 Psalms I can just recite. I have to hum them and sound like a weirdo, but like I can recite them. <laughs> well, that's, you know? but that is it's the like, thing. Sir, you like, don't have to hum them. They, well, yeah, <laughs> but they were originally hummed. We just don't know. Yeah, them sure. behind, you know what it's like, yeah. But if you're trying it's to say the scripture you're like, but, but you know, yeah. but David said, no, no, no. Well, and that's something that's so important about worship music. That's something that's so important about worship music is that it's an opportunity to take your theology and, and make it 
long-term memorable. Some, uh, sometimes it's a tidbit, sometimes it's a thought, sometimes it's a, f- a full chapter of Scripture, and you're committing it to memory, because I, at least for me, it's a lot easier for me to remember a song than it is a speech. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier for me to remember a song than it is a chapter that I read in a book. Yeah. You know, It's like, for me, that's that's just something that really comes on, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. And like it's often... And like I... I well, Adam has made fun of me my entire life, but like I just sing when I go places. I do. I just like often I'll just be walking down. It sounds I sing nice, but after a while it's not. <laughs> He's got a really nice voice, but well, like at work today, I was just singing, and some guy was giving me eyes from across the way, and I was like, "I'm happier than you." <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> I just kept walking. It's probably not true. Have the but sword I was that ready. you deserve. <laughs> oh my but I was just sitting there, you know. I was just singing. I don't remember what I was singing, but I was just like, and I sp- he chuckled, and then we talked about it later, and you know. Um, it was just something that I, I do all the time and it's and it's nice like when we do leave church and we're going out with a song on your lips that's something that's backed by scripture that's an opportunity sometimes a song is an opportunity you know I had a guy come out to church um, probably like a month and a half ago now that he was coming to visit for something and he was on my job I worked with him all the time and he was kind of like oh like I didn't know you did this that's awesome he was like making jokes at me whatever like it was fine we're <laughs> I, I don't care <laughs> it doesn't matter he was like so some other guy comes over he goes oh I heard you have the voice of an angel and I was like oh yeah come check me out sometime Sunday 9 o'clock <laughs> you know I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you know shameless Sunday, plugging Sunday, for Sunday. it you know and I just keep that and he was like joking about it and sometimes it's open that door just to be and like that's something that the other side of worship in the public display performancey aspect is like f- from our seat like it it hasn't been getting easier to want to put your face on display you know like it was easier to want to be the face of a christian event or a worship team when we weren't live streamed things like that you know mm. it's just like not not only for the fact that all your mistakes are recorded forever but <laughs> you know and but ever. but also like people yeah. that you don't know or like people that you wouldn't expect to have a conversation with can see you doing those kind of things. And it's, it's just a different thing. It's a different level of boldness. Um, there's a guy that sings with us on Wednesdays. He's the only guy. So narrow down people. So yeah, he sings with us on Wednesdays, but he, uh, he had to tell his boss, he was like, Hey, listen, I have to leave on time for work. It's Phil today. Wickham. It's Phil Wickham. How'd you guys know? <laughs> but he told his boss, he said, Hey, listen, I have to leave on time from work today. I can't stay late because I sing at my church. I'm the guy like, you know, rocks him. But like, it's sometimes just what we're doing also gives you the opportunity to be powerful where you are. Mm. And I think that's something that like one of your questions was, what does it mean to live a lifestyle of worship? And it's mm. not, for me, it's not necessarily cut and dry for an answer for that, but it's one of those things that like, when that's the thing on your mind, that's the thing that you're carrying out through the day. Sometimes being that example is a huge deal. Sometimes just being willing to be different and say like, yeah, I'm sorry, I have to go sing on my worship team. And then people, for me, it's a construction field are like, oh, that's something you could do with your free time, <laughs> you yeah. know, and they look at you like you got three heads and that's fine. But it's open. It's opened a lot of doors on its own, just being involved in those things. So whether or not I was singing that song out there or whether or not someone has seen it or heard it or was passed around as a joke, it doesn't matter. It's open doors. And that's something that like you can't hide from nowadays, which is good. Nice. Do you ever like pick up traffic cones and like sing through them? Never like once. Never once. <laughs> Never Dude, once. If I had your voice, I'd be done. <laughs> I have no. But nobody I wants to hear somebody in, like the key of S. I also, I, it's so funny. I don't think you know what a carpenter does. <laughs> what? There's oh, like no. three cones on our job. They're around pipes. They're used. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you what. Tomorrow, Joe, I'll see if I get fired. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm calling right here. He's a crossing guard in the carpentry. <laughs> No, I know. I'm just kidding. Joe's cooking me dinner tomorrow when I get fired. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So, I mean, these are, uh, I, maybe, I don't know if I should ask, like, if we want to go down this road, because I don't want to be too negative, but we're talking about worship and all the things that are, you know, what the Bible defines as good. And we know that, because I had a conversation recently with someone who was, who was talking about how, like, they wish that, you know, worship teams would do more like Michael W. Smith and, and Chris Tomlin and stuff. And, and it, the, it basically came down to, like, they don't like the more contemporary music. They like that music, which was once contemporary, yeah, you know? And yeah. so it's like, you're just choosing what point to put the bookmark in the worship catalog, right. you know, and sh and deciding that. And I, I do think that there's value in those old songs, but I do think there's value in the new ones. And I think it's just up to the worship leader to decide, you know, what, what song is most valuable for the church. Uh, and, but I do think at some point, I mean, I'm sure in that time period, there were people that were doing worship that was not biblical. And I'm sure that is true now. So like, what trends do you see in the modern worship setting currently that are non-biblical or something you just don't think is Jesus honoring? Oh, never mind. I had my hand up for a different question that was coming. Okay, then answer the question you thought I was going to ask. Go for it. Okay. And don't tell us what the question you were just, was. You were just mentioning different time periods of music. Yeah. Um, if we're just broad brush speaking, I think a lot of the complaints we get about contemporary music, which I agree with, is like we said earlier, like the lyrics could be like a, little, a lot, they're a lot more vague now than they used to be. And that could be a reflection of where society's going and, you know, people don't want to offend and try to, whatever the logic may mm. be, like trying to draw in more people to a church. Like, I don't agree with it, but whatever, right? That I think, generally speaking, now the lyrics are less on point. However, I think the style of music, if you just took all the lyrics, like, I think, and this is just my imagination of heaven, so don't. Nobody shoot me, but it just—I just feel like it. It reminds me more. It takes me more of to that like, like a song like "Here Again" or "Echo Holy," where it's very like pad driven and then like drums. Well, like the lyrics got to be spot on, but you know. But so I like the style of music now, but the lyrics of we'll say the Chris Tomlin era. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think there's like a, a power in what you're saying in, in that like when it talks about angels singing a chorus. Right, I right, imagine right. booming, deafening. Right, and that's whole, what I'm thinking. Like Jericho, that like those like – You know, that which I, I said yeah. – I'm thinking of the Echo Holy, like the yeah, drums yeah. and that yeah, are so like powerful. Pads and boom, and the, boom. You yeah. know what I mean? And that probably Especially when good, Joe starts speeding up the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So powerful. Well, it's hard to – 115 BPMs. Unless this is amazing. What did we just do last night where I did it at four BPMs? Yeah, it was four BPMs. I don't think that it's – I'm not saying that's doctrine, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah, completely yeah. agree. I just don't know why. It just – something about the, the <laughs> feel. Yeah, I guess it's just emotional, but like yeah. it just feels like this is more – like we'll take like Echo Holy, just say. Like this is really – I feel like they got close to like what I always imagined like heaven to actually be like. Mm. It might not be like – it might be reggaeton up there. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's like it could be way off. But it just always <laughs> felt more like <laughs> – I'm sure well, there's going to be And also the, the lyrics are – Yeah, it's going to be all sorts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be well, like all sorts. But Not that we're here to predict what the worship trends are going to be or like even spend too much time on that. But thinking back to the way it has been – in my lifetime specifically, we went. It went from we all share the same lifetime. So mine yeah. specifically. <laughs> no, it it went from the songs that when I was when I was really young and I was first starting to like take note of music. I guess you'd say you look at it and the songs were very very. Who God is, what God has done, all attributes of God driven, specifically praising Him for being the person that He for the God that He is, right? Mm -hmm. And then the tr the next trend was more almost more like where we are now, where it's all things that have happened, repercussions of things, explanations of things, different situational 
experiences, stuff like that with more, I don't, I'll actually just say better musical structure. So the, the music, it's more band driven. I, this was in my brain. This is when Hillsong took off. Like they were just yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. the first next step. So like yeah. they started to take Christian music and make it music, like make it full band experience as mm-hmm. opposed to just being like, like a hoe and a guitar. Four guys and a guitar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so like, and they started to take that and it went to that level. And then it was, it was all like, you know, is is all about experiences and things and like faithfulness of God, which is cool and thing. You know, and and like it has a different trend. And then the the last one, the one that we're out of for a couple of years now, was back to like God, you are like just whatever, like God, you are this, God, you are that. This is God. This is my Jesus. You know, things mm-hmm. like that. And and now we're back into the like you're saying a little more vague. It's a little more about like the things that have happened, could have happened, and things like that. And that's just the lyrical aspect of it, but also the musical aspect of it has gone back towards like things are layered more, things are bigger, things are bolder, and like sometimes it's done for I in my opinion, my limited experience and my finite mind goes with singing about how great God is is less popular. So like we can boost numbers and followers and people like that by making the music itself more exciting to support something that's a little less offensive to those people. Mm -hmm. And then there's always a hunger to be more passionate and more and dive back into more of who God is when you start to encounter him and you start to take those steps in and then again, just mm-hmm. cycles out. And like, those are the yeah, three and, that I've seen. And I think we're speaking in really broad brush terms. Cause I'm thinking oh, like, absolutely like, broad, it's cause like broad. even, I mean, Chris Tomlin's your love is like a waterfall. It's like, what? Uh, that's not scriptural. I mean, in terms of like, that's not a scripture verse and I don't know anything about Jesus and it's not proclaiming any of his characteristics. Um, so, well, the, if he's like a water, maybe, I don't know, but I'm saying that's, that's a, that's a systematic stretch of a theology if there is one. And then you think about Matt Redman, like, um, when the music fades and all this stripped away, like that's more situational than any experience song. It's literally from a church that was straying. And it's, he's saying like, if you listen to the words, it's just, it's about their specific situation. I'm yeah. coming I mean, back to yeah, I'm coming shipping. back to, but it's like when the music fades and all stripped away, I'll bring you more than a song than a song in itself. Like that's. I, that's more. That was one of the biggest songs of my life right, when I was right. growing up, and that's very situational and not proclaiming God's attributes. And mm-hmm. like, so I think I'm thinking of like how great is our God. That's probably what we're right. you're thinking of like proclaiming His attributes. But there were popular songs in that time period that didn't have that strong theology. I think that like we we experience for the most part we experience uh, it through radio and all media and stuff. But songwriters are in the moment. God is talking to them. Mm-hmm. And so that song that God was talking to him about something that was happening in their particular church. And then it caught fire and went to other churches and was sung. But the the power of the meaning of the song originally was within a specific situation. It's a story. Right. Yeah. And so there's that was something God had for them to sing because they had, they were coming back to the heart of what they were supposed to be doing, not about the lights and everything like that. So I think that's the, the thing with the music that we get is that it is filtered through a company (laughs) that its goal is to make money. money. So there is plenty of worship that still all the the time you're talking about still talked about God and everything. It just didn't make it to Mm -hmm. what you heard. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of the problem. People are like, you know, we don't have to say, actually, there's plenty of people writing that stuff right now. It's just not accessible to large amounts of people. That's true. I didn't think about the production end of it. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, you, they're trying to get sales. Even John Mark McMillan with how he loves mm-hmm. like his original one was about his friend dying in a car accident. And the, the third verse that we never get is about his friend that he's named. 
And so, and then David Crowder was like, that's great. Let's make it accessible. And then he went through and made it the most popular song, mm-hmm. you know, for in year, for years. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, God of the City. Like that was written out of a brothel in some foreign country where they were trying to, you know, claim that God is a God of the City that we are in still, you know. Right. And so it's just, you're right. I, you know, it might have started some completely different and needed to change to be more broad. To right. Make and oftentimes we're in that place, like, and we didn't know it. So like you could hear that song, like mm-hmm. when the music fades and all is stripped away. And I said, bleak comments like. You, you sound better than I did. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do, I'll do your little bath at home later. Perfect. <laughs> no, but I think that sometimes, like, and, and I think that's one of the beauty of the music, one of the beauties of the musical end of the whole worship setting is that, like, sometimes you don't know that you needed to know that. And I think that's that's one of the joys that songwriting mm-hmm. has. Like, yeah. um, that, you know, what was it? You said it was Redman that wrote that song, yeah. whatever. So, like, Redman wrote that song, and it's like, how applicable is that, though? Like, when you reach a point where you're just like, yeah, nothing matters but mm-hmm. me giving you the glory and the praise yeah. that you're due, and that's it. I'll bring you anything I can, you know? Let's get rid of everything else. And, and like, sometimes you didn't know you needed to be in that place, or you were struggling with that, mm-hmm. and this guy just sang it. And, like, yep. again, the music. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I, I think it's great. Like, I, they're my favorite songs where I know the story behind them. It's just like we've been taking those liberties as Christians of taking songs that are stories for a while. Like that's not a new thing when we're talking about like worship songs mm-hmm. that are a little more vague because like, you know, I just, it just, it, I don't know. I don't want to make it seem like now is the only time that's happened. I think that's been happening for a long time and it's been yeah. glorifying for a long time. Yeah. It's just the songs you're talking about that are more vague. I think I'm, we're thinking of like different, like vague is in, that you don't know what God they're talking about. Mm. Like that's the vagueness I think we're not happy about, right? Like it's not the vagueness of the situation that the song was written in. It's the, the vagueness of that could be about my girlfriend or my God. Yeah. Right. right? I just, yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to either way. You know what I mean? Because I feel experientially you're living in a particular place in your life where you're expressing God is meeting you in the middle of that situation of that what's going on in your life. So sometimes you need to hear when the music fades and all that, like, right? Because that's where you are situationally. Doesn't proclaim any scripture, but it's God talking to you about what's going on in your life, in your heart through that song. And that's why you connect with it. Um, I think, again, I'll go back to the point. The music that you're hearing is vague. That doesn't mean that most songwriters are writing vague. It means the music that you're hearing that's put out for you to hear is of a type that's going to cross platforms, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the problem. The problem Mm -hmm. is that the companies are not putting forth people who are singing unapologetically these statements because they won't have as broad a platform. And so the... How could we get more music accessible to people that does yes, do the other? Thing? Do you? Not, I mean, do you have any? How do you fix that? Like it's songs, like the what's that church? That um, hold on, that song that we just sang. And D minor is the first chord. D minor seven. Throne room song. Throne like that's from like a D flat, but okay. Is it, wasn't it, is it a D flat? D flat, sorry. I knew That's it was why you I me. I'm like, D minor? I was well, like, wait. I, I know I just, I, let's cut that recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it's a, it's a chord that I hate that playing. That was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Uh-huh. I'm not playing next Sunday. So um, for like that one, that's that one seems like it kind of skipped the process, right? Because it was on YouTube and it just got picked up out yes. of nowhere. And that's where some people are kind of finding 
they're able to have a voice and you know put songs up. But some of those people are, are like, uh, well, I don't know. Was that people in song? No. Yeah, and that's they're mad songwriters. Like there's some really powerhouses in there, so they're already writing in other places. And sometimes they come yeah. together oh, okay. and then they put stuff out. Like yeah, you know and nothing, I mean? nobody. But to prove your point, like nobody knows about people in songs. Yeah, which I like. Right, it's like we just literally stumbled across that song in my office. It was like a YouTube. YouTube just played it like next song. It was like mm-hmm. recommended, and that's I would have never. I don't hear them ever like talked or mentioned about. Um, so back to that's like because yeah. they're unapologetic. Like maybe it doesn't come through. Well, even that song we played last week, though. Mm-hmm. I, there's only the new one we played last Sunday. I love that remains. I mean, yeah. I, when I looked, when I clicked song on the like, link for yeah. it, it was like thirty three thousand views. I was like, yeah. all right, nice. Because yeah. <laughs> normally click on it, it's like nineteen million. It's like, yeah. like I'm getting on the ground floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what like uh, tribal music, Maverick City, used to be. That where it was right, sort right, of right. just mm-hmm. now they kind of went to another place. You know, in terms of uh, people being aware yeah. of them. So you think there's value in like trying to seek out those people and and find those raw worship yeah. songs? I don't know. They're not rawer than anything else. They're just you might find more of what you're looking. I'm saying for. unfiltered through the the oh like the, the, that don't have to the, you know. whatever the production and yeah the uh, the process of trying to reach a lot of people. It's a business. I mean, it, it's a shame, but it's and it's weird because there was a whole like uh, discussion when worship music became stuff that you would purchase. Like you know, before mm. worship music was stuff you did in church. Like you know what I mean, and then. And they had, you know, like discussions about can you have a worship artist that kind of like wasn't just singing songs about God in a, you know, like more like worship songs as an artist. And that was a whole big thing that Hmm. we are just used to now. But that was a big transition. Mm. Um, You know, you could have someone be a worship artist, Um, not just person who sang worship on Sunday, but now somebody who's recording worship songs as an artist. Um, and yeah, we're fully in that now. Like we're fully, yeah. fully in that. Um, but yeah, I think seeking out, you know, the less known people and, you know, you're going to hear stuff that they don't have to worry about. You know, somebody's going to say no, somebody's going to get offended by that. They don't have to worry about it. So they just, mm. they go ahead and sing it. Yeah. yeah which is cool. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, back to your point, And it, it, it has always been like that. Like even Amazing Grace, like that's an old hymn. It's like one of the most popular hymns ever. It's, they don't, it doesn't even mention Jesus. Yeah. You know, and it was it a bar well with, song. Huh? And, it, and it was a bar song. And it right. was start. It is well with my soul. <laughs> very <laughs> experiential. Like, right, right. Yeah. It is well Amazing with my soul. Grace, mentions, sound. mentions Christ once. Yeah. And that was about a guy who lost his whole entire I think it's, family. It's, it's like, the authenticity and the realness that it touches some deep chord that is pretty universal. Like, Amazing Grace hits everybody. There's not mm. one person who can say, well, you know, if the they wretch. Really, yeah. Right. The, the anything about that, like I once was lost, like it hits the true condition. Mm-hmm. And it is a song that really is touched by God that it will last from now until it will never be a song that be like, oh, you know, we're right. over that. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's not a song that we're ever going to be over. That's why I don't have a problem with the personalization in songs. Like right. like your it's like your testimony, whoever's writing right. it. Um, when I say vague, I mean more of like a, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head is like Good Grace by Hillsong. When it's just like people come together, it's just like a very like just like a people come together song, not like a. Mm. It's not very personal. It's, I, maybe that was written for a time in when they wrote it. Like I don't know, some, maybe something was going on in Australia, fires or something. I don't know, you know. But like right. other than that, like I I wouldn't know. It wasn't very specific or unique. I mean, I don't know the backstory, but like it doesn't seem like it was unique to their. It seemed like they were writing for the masses on that one. Mm. 
Well, and sometimes you could just tell. And like I, that's one of the things that like with the phrase worship artist, that's always been interesting is like growing up seeing people that were pursuing the idea of becoming a worship artist. Um, sometimes you see just the authenticity of their heart come right through and mm-hmm. you're like, I will listen to pretty much any song you put out and I'm ready. And then there's other people that's like, are you trying to take the easy road? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. like, do you just not want to disappoint your parents? Like, you just don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, you can just, and you can just tell when you hear their songs, you're like, and eh, I don't know what's going on. And it, and it always falls flat. And I think that has a huge thing to do with authenticity in the worship from the songwriter, from the way that it's affecting that person. You can, you can feel emotion in music often. I don't know. I want to say every single time when it's good, you can feel it mm-hmm. and you can tell. And like, it's one of those things, like for me personally, one Probably my favorite worship song, still it, not current anymore. Can I guess? Yes. Fortress Elevation? Wrong. Darn it. Wrong. Cole, guess? I'll go around. I don't care. Baby Shark. Yeah, Baby Shark. <laughs> As the deer panteth, but... It, it's current-ish. How's I'll that? Do we play it? Rue got it. There you go. You've yeah. said that uh, when yeah, we asked this question. Right. You also said that about Fortress, though. I'm not far off. No, but I'm just saying, like, it's, like, Hallelujah for the Cross is one of my favorite songs. And it and it's just, like, you just say, and for me, it's when you sing it, you're just, like, stuck in it. It's Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, now I'm not. Like, done. Mm-hmm. And it's so, and it's just one of those things, and I'll, I'll speak from my own personal experience. It, it was a forgotten concept to me. It was one of those things where I looked at it, and it's like, I you forget being a slave to your sin sometimes when you're in a good environment. You forget being held prisoner by your own shortcomings when you're in a safe, comfortable God-fearing home and family life. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, something it's that you we're can recording just let over go. something, so I think that's what that's the, the hush is all. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's just something that track. really affected me. Is where it just kind of it. The first time I heard that song, it struck me. I was like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot how bad I am. I mm-hmm. forgot, yeah, you know, all yeah, the yeah. things that really held me down." And that's something that's very situational for me. But it, you know, it comes through, and like. I don't know, and don't take this the wrong way, anybody, but, like, on Sunday, I've had someone come up to me, and they're just like, oh, my goodness, like, I, he said, I saw your heart in that song. And, like, I wouldn't know, because I was just, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eyes closed, heart abandoned. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm just, like, leading worship the best of my ability, and I sit there, and, like, he was like, I saw your heart in that song. I just, that song hits you, doesn't it? And I was like, it really does, and, it, you know, it got me. Because and I and I had an opportunity to talk to him about it. Not that he necessarily isn't a believer, but like he saw it in church and he was just like, "Wow!" Like I I saw it, I felt it, like I felt the emotion come out from that song. And I was like, "It's true," because like for me, like I said, it was one of those things. Like I grew up in a safe Christian environment. You forget being a slave to your sin. You forget sometimes the dark times. You forget those mm-hmm. things that like just you know almost feel natural and feel like a right to you and <laughs> to just yeah. feel like you know church is a right or family and like all that kind of stuff and and it's just one of those things that god was just like yeah like you think you have it under control but you're still not free without me and it's a beautiful thing like so yeah. mm. that's cool and sometimes songs hit different just at different points just because your church needs something different you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's yeah. a perfectly great song in another church they would be lighting it up right right um but for what your church is going through it's just like eh, okay you know, I was like, alrighty. And and yeah. going off that too, I remember the one church that we played at as a group. We all went to play at a, um, somewhere in PA, mm-hmm. and the church, the mean average of age was like seventy five. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember? remember this one, yeah. And they were <laughs> worshiping. Like, yeah, what, yeah. not that I had, I, I did have, I guess, a few judgments, but I looked out and I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Like that, I adjusted for the tone of like, okay, this is going to be a little more mellow. Like, yeah, don't maybe yeah. I should like yeah. not. Yeah. And we started worshiping. They're both hands up, like, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and they were standing up. You know, and it was just really cool to be like, okay, God, you know, there's nothing over from age or anything. Like whoever wants to worship is going to, and you just Absolutely. ask us to bring the clay and, you know. 
Absolutely. So that was pretty cool. And I think yeah. that's something that's definitely like it's a nice to bring your church taste to another church. Um, not not to like step all over their toes or anything, but often like some churches will host coffee houses or things like that. Ru and I have played a bunch of stuff at other places, and sometimes they're just like, oh, "You did that song? Like we never do that song." You know, it's just like a weird thought, and it, and like you just have an opportunity to bless someone with something that like, even if it feels like a mundane like chore for you like some songs really just feel like all right well we're doing it it's a safe bet you know we've all felt that with some song before in a time in our life and like you get there and the, like you do one that you're like hey it's all right and then you go there and they're just like whoa that song's like amazing and uh oh what's the one and my favorite one of my favorite moments that like really rocked me was i don't remember when it was must be really good no it's so good it's so good <laughs> really we uh me. it's death was arrested we were upstairs at this venue, song. yeah, it was. We were upstairs at this venue. Is this when you drop Brian? I dropped Brian all <laughs> the way down the, the stairs. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I dropped him down the stairs. But um, that was the one where we were joking about like when we do the break, who's gonna hit us with a woo? And uh, <laughs> and someone did it at the wrong time. <laughs> so um, I, oh, man, what's the what's the fourth verse? It's like anyway, it's like it's depicting it like. Uh, it darkness goes, rejoiced as yeah. though heaven had lost, and I, was and like, I hear a woo from the crowd from Joe, and I was like, "Wrong time!" Wrong I, was already, time. I was in my head; I was already anticipating. Like, he was, I, so I was so fired up. <laughs> we sat out there, we're ready, and that was and that was just another one of those. Wait, examples. did, did so, you go woo again for the good part, or you just were like, "No, no, no, no"? I just that so was you were, he only wooed the bad. You cheered for Satan. Literally, darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Okay, Joe. So it was just one of those things. But like that song specifically, it was fairly new to us at that point, and we got there and we played it at lord only knows the name of the venue but we were there and we played and like i had so many people come up to us afterwards and like that song's incredible like because it, it does it tells a really good story oh. and, it, and it paints a really good picture of like the cross mm-hmm. and you know freedom through it and from it so yeah. like oh we're free we're free forever we're free you know it's a beautiful bridge at the end um and you know it's just one of those things that like people came up but to me at that point in our life that was just a normal song that's just a song we had in our repertoire that was like yeah. ready to go. And to them, they had never heard it. They had never mm-hmm. experienced it. And they were just like, whoa, that was awesome. Like, And it's just one of those things. That's a perspective they didn't have. That's a perspective of the, the story of the cross that they didn't have. That's an opportunity for them to commit that to memory you know it's a it's a thing like sometimes you just need that encouragement throughout the day oh what's that oh we're free we're free forever we're free you know it's like a big deal sometimes when when you just like find that little pick me up in the middle of the day yeah and i i think what, what you're talking about like kind of hits on one of the things i want to talk about tonight is like how do we because whether you're a worship leader or you're on the worship team like you're leading worship when you're up there with your with everything like your your instrument and your body and you know and you're before and after you know talking to people mm. all that's part of the being a worship leader um like how we all have to at some point consciously think about how are we going to best lead this congregation the one that we're called to lead into worship and I, that's probably a difficult answer to have for it because it's different for everybody because for me this is this is how i try to think about it and, and this is what humbles me a little bit because sometimes you get frustrated you're like all right there's a song that we love like but we're excited to do it and then it just it doesn't seem like it's reciprocated like the from the congregation um and i'm sure that's Every happened to week, all of us yeah. at some point right <laughs> And, uh, but I, I think for me, and this is every time I hear a song that I don't know, it is the most intimate worship I've ever done every time. So like, if there's a song that I don't know and I get to sit down uh, and I just listen to the song and I pray while I listen to it, I'll cry every time mm-hmm. because it's like, I'm not thinking about anything other than just like the word being sung over me. 
And I think there's incredible value in that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking maybe that's what some of these people are doing when they hear the new song that we just introduced, you know, like they're being hit by the Bible to a melody that they haven't heard before. And maybe God's speaking more to them than they would be if they were singing with their hands up. Mm. And, uh, so for me, that's, I hope that's the experience that they're having out there if they're not singing. Um, but I don't know, that's something I've learned over the years is like, if they're not singing, praise God, that God's speaking to them in a different way right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and hopefully in the next song, they do know they can stand up, raise their hands and they can, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but like, how, how do you guys, uh, have, do you have any like thoughts on like how to best engage a congregation, even from song choice to like lights, like all those things Mm -hmm. you have to think about. Do you guys have any like ways, you know, tried and true that don't work? It's every, I think authenticity is always the, the thing that reaches people. I mean, I've heard people sing who had voices that were less than perfect, but they made me weep. Mm. And I think it's because that person's heart was right there, you know, and I feel like whatever we're doing on Sunday, if we're too caught up in making sure we're doing it right. And, you know, that's what is not as engaging as if we played it wrong, but we were totally like in love with Jesus in the moment. Mm. Like we were really just worshiping him. And I think that, that's the biggest thing. That's the challenge because we're caught between, yeah, we have a responsibility to lead and play right. But we also have this other more pressing responsibility to be real Mm. and to be worshiping. And it can be hard with technology and screens and stuff like that. So, um, so that's why it doesn't matter if it's a full band or an instrument. If everybody on stage looks like they're like busting open for Jesus the congregation response. Yeah, I no. I agree. It's uh, every experience I can think of where I've really entered into worship. It's been because, and it does help too, which I think that we've talked about this a lot, like the worship team being known in the church as people mm-hmm. so that they can know the authenticity of what's happening on stage. Right. That's the point I was going to say next mm-hmm. was well, that, I stole it like, so you can't it, no, it matters okay. that the, like from every single person that walks in the door like has the opportunity to approach you, that you're an approachable person, that mm-hmm. you represent Christ on and off the stage. And I know that's something that like people struggle with in the past. I struggle with all the time. Sometimes it's easy just to be frustrated and tired on a Sunday and, and just, you know, not want to engage people, but it's the most, the most effective way to reach the congregation is to be a part of the congregation and be a, you know, be seen serving, be seen, not, not to be seen serving, but like just the fact that you're open and honest about it and who you are. And it's a, that it's a huge impact in your life can really show Christ in ways that you didn't know Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. were possible. (laughs) You know, you sit there and you're just like, someone's like, Oh, you do this too? Yeah. Oh, you do this too? Oh, you know, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter. Or just the conversations that you've had leaning on the counter, having a cup of coffee with somebody have really just showed them, shown them, showed, <laughs> shown them that you... Demonstrated. Yeah. <laughs> almost made up a word there. <laughs> so, no, so... Yeah, they, you know, they, they see the opportunity to engage you personally and they realize that you're not... Once, once Sometimes you have to strip away the idea of the personal glorification you have to strip away the idea that like i'm i'm not in this for me i'm not up there to perform on a sunday sunday isn't performance based and i don't think any of us in this room think it is otherwise like we're we're not doing a good enough job for, for performance i can tell you that <laughs> but you know well and it's, well, it's interesting but, being like mindful of that though because right. it's easy to not be right. and it's also like for when i was a part of that the college worship team like it was a 40 minute set every time and it was very high energy. So you're sweating. Like I was playing acoustic guitar and singing. So I was gross and sweaty. Cause like where we were, wasn't air conditioned. So when we get got done, we would 
the worship team would like walk out of the sanctuary and then sit in like the, it was a classroom, but we'd walk out of the big old lecture hall and then we'd all get together and drink water and pray that, you know, the, that the worship went um, like in permanent hearts and we'd pray over the, so we'd take like five, 10 minutes to like calm down and pray that the, the for the speaker, you know? And one time the, the leader of the whole group came out and was like, you guys, you're setting a bad example. Um, I know you're doing this to pray, but like people think that you don't need to hear the first 10 minutes of every service. Mm. And I was like, Good you're point. right. I, I didn't, I mean, in my, my, I did what I was, I just was like, okay. But I, in my heart, I was kind of angry because I enjoyed that time to like kind of settle down. And then, yeah. and then, but I was kind of rebuked gently, you know, this doesn't look good. You should change it. And it was like, I never thought that that impression would be given by mm-hmm. something that I was well-intentioned for, you know? Mm-hmm. And I agree, like they, they, it didn't, it made it. And then we'd walk in and we'd all sit together because it was one row left. And so it'd be like, okay, the worship team wants to stay isolated and they don't need to hear the first 10 minutes or whatever the speaker's saying. So like, you know, they're a different entity, which is why I know at Calvary, we have like what we have to sit in one service and we aren't really supposed to sit together, you know, like, you know, as a one whole team sitting in one row. Right. So, well, we used to do that. I don't know if you remember, like it used to be like right to the back two rows. Future preferences, though. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk <laughs> Way about back them. in the day. But like we did that and not, wasn't anything evil or malicious about it. It was just, it happened. Yeah. And you know, we, you know, sometimes your eyes are opened to things and you're just like, yeah, let's go. Let's do better. And I, like you said, one of our, we have two services on Sunday and our rule is you have to be in one, you know, and you have not necessarily just to be seen, but like, we punishment. all have to be. No, <laughs> but, no, yeah, but, but you do there are some people that are just kind of like, oh, well, I'm busy on Sunday. And it's like, I get you're busy on Sunday, but we attend this church to be fed too. Like sometimes, yeah. and, and I think that's something that like I've been guilty of in the past, and I don't know if anybody else has, but sometimes it's just like you feel like, well, I've already given enough today. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, and you forget the idea of like, I'm going there to be fed. I'm not, you know, because sometimes when you feel like you're such a part of the service, you forget that there's a whole another 45 minutes of service that has nothing to do with you, you know, and and yeah. it's the time it's where you're supposed to get filled and you're supposed to rest in it, you know. It's like, and that's that's something that I've been guilty of in the past, and you try to, t- you know, take to heart when you go there, and and it does, and like it does matter how people see you, it does matter how they view you, it does matter what you do off the stage. That's one of the biggest things that, uh, um throughout my life, like I've learned the hard way, (laughs) you know, I know other people have learned the hard way and you try to encourage people in that. And, uh, just sometimes you say or do one wrong thing and you're, you know, you've, you've really hindered the opportunity for someone to take you seriously on a Sunday to have them view you as an effective worship leader or effective person to help enter them into (laughs) the, the sermon, you know, it's, and that's a big deal. And that's like a huge pressure that leads to your your question up there for the lifestyle of worship. Like, you know, it's not necessarily like you're not walking around singing Phil Wickham all day long, but sometimes it is just being like, sometimes it's to go in the extra mile to be above reproach. Sometimes it's going out of your way to just, you know, do the right, you know, do the right thing, which we should be doing anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you, you have to think in that mindset where it's like, what am I doing? What am I doing to further the kingdom right now? What am I doing to further my church's ministry right now? You know, and sometimes the answer is absolutely nothing. And then check yourself, you know, um, and and that's just something that I like. Recently, I've had this guy coming to help us on our on our house with the work we're doing over there, and he just comes over and he's he's Phil Wickham. Phil Wickham, how'd you know? <laughs> no, he just comes over and, and you know he yeah, talks he gets he'll talk to me about <laughs> worship all the time, and he'll like dive in, and he was just like you know like I can just see that this is like blah blah blah, and I can see this in you, and I can see that in you there because I see it in you here, and I was like who would have 
thought than me coming home all sweaty from work and then so they see up you angry the at home and they see you angry on stage angry everywhere yeah that's <laughs> okay. the key. you gotta just be angry everywhere no and that's and i honestly that's is it an exact moment of like off the stage matters because like i come home from work i work all day and then i come home and they want me to do more work at my house <laughs> and i'm like I don't want to do anything else. And I'm trying not to be frustrated about the things that frustrated me at, at work already and come home. And like, I started to get angry one day and I was just like, and, and like this guy, he made a joke. He was like, Whoa, this isn't Sunday Vince. Where's Sunday Vince? And I was like, oh, crap, I got to get Sunday Vince out. <laughs> you know? But it was, it was a gut check. And it was one of those things. It's like, yeah, you can't, sometimes you don't have the opportunity or the privilege to just like, let yourself go like that and to just be like that, you know? And that's, that's one of those things that isn't a bad thing. It's just something that, you know, hurts the human side of us to want to do. Yeah. 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 I kind of, I wanted to kind of roll back to the whole not sitting together thing. I don't really believe that. I mean, I don't think it's needed. I think that it's what you do after you're sitting down in the sermon. Because during a sermon, you're listening to the sermon. Um, it's what happens after the sermon. Because mm -hmm. you can be sitting all over the, the sanctuary and still not be someone somebody can connect with. Um, and I think it's kind of a little bit... Everybody all over the sanctuary is sitting with their family members. You know, mm -hmm. that's the norm. Normally, you don't sit just with random people. You go and you collect yeah so i think it's kind of it isn't that to me it isn't that we if we sit together or the sunday school teachers sit together it's what happens after that yeah and i think the reaching out i agree in our yeah. church just in that scenario there was no family members at, at, at the Calvary, at the, at the Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So that's why that was the like sanctuary. a goal there because oh, yeah. like, they were like, they wanted us to meet new people. And if you sat next to somebody, you might develop like, so yeah, that's, that's why it was there. But I agree. Mm. There's, that's not, it's a natural yeah. thing to separate anyway for yeah. different family members. Yeah. And, once you come, I mean, yeah, when you it's your heart, matters. whether you're sitting with, like, if I had myself and my children there, I would be sitting with myself and my children. I wouldn't be like, oh, hey, you know what? I don't want to look like I'm just with you guys. So let me yeah. go sit over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's more your heart. When everything stops, are you noticing the person that's new and you going to introduce yourself, you know, going across the room, you know, trying to laugh about something, you know, catch up with somebody. So I think that's really what's important to me. It's funny because on Sundays, like that's one of the, the things that like going up for the last song, like for our structure is message and then an ending mm -hmm. with a song. It's actually sometimes really frustrating because with the lights, I can't see the new people. But sometimes once I get down and I sit, I'm like, oh, that's a new person. Or right. I, right. that's their second or third time here. I should try to talk to them. So I have like this really weird habit of texting my wife, Adam's Adam's wife and like mm -hmm. my sister-in-law and I'm just like new girl third row like I'm not gonna get a chance to talk to her someone has to do it yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things that's so just like she's four her, <laughs> no but you just her. sit there and it's like I you know I want to engage you know sometimes you're just like I want to engage but like, you I know and we've all seen it sometimes you like make that mental note like I need to go talk to this person mm -hmm. or sometimes it's because of the way they responded to worship and you're just like they need a hug you know sometimes right. you can just tell but you're better at that than I am but like some mm -hmm. people just know like you need a hug and like what's going on and you can see, see people. And like, you just want to go target those people. And sometimes it's like, oh, I gotta, like when's the song's over, I got to get down there. Mm -hmm. So like, I make it a point when I know that these people are about to dip out quick. I like, I if it's a girl, I text one of the wives and I'm like, go, go now. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just go over and talk to them so that, mm -hmm. so that they know that someone had, you know, had seen them and acknowledged it, you know, and that's, it's a, I think it's a big deal sometimes yeah. that we can't be that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is important to be that face on the stage. You know, sometimes it is to just be like, all right, guys, we're going out of here singing. That is, it's an important role. And sometimes you do have to find alternatives, you know, and it's one of those things like when 
when there's enough people, like I've seen you do it before. Like if the pastor sometimes will be like, we're praying after, like if you need prayer, come up and see us. And I've just seen you be like, I'm done. I'm just going to pray with this person because you know what they need. And this is real I'm talking about. So, <laughs> but you just see she's really sensitive to people's uh, demeanor and emotions and stuff. And that's something that I don't necessarily have the same gifting in, but I just see it and you go for that. And I, it, you know, it is a valuable thing to just be a part of the congregation to see them and to know them. And sometimes, you know, personally when someone's hurting and sometimes you could just see it all over their face because sometimes worship can get you to that place. Well, and I think uh, as, as talking about like heart and everything, like I know we're like an hour and 18 already. So I'm just trying to like make these last questions quick, but um, as, as uh, people who, I mean, who know Jesus, we know and should have a humble opinion of ourselves constantly. So it's hard to make that play out on a stage where your instrument's purpose is to have a unique sound, right? So I think that's why worship bands have so many issues. And they do, like, how many, how many secular bands have you seen guys break, up, break apart? Because you, you work hard, you take pride in your instrument, you have opinions on how worship should go. And, and just how bands break apart, worship bands break apart constantly. I've been a part of three that have. And, um, like how, how do we like keep perspective on stage for, I mean, how do we dress? How do we draw, not draw attention to ourselves? How do we play our instrument for in, a, in such a way that like builds the music, but doesn't draw attention to, does it make us the center of attention? Like those are things I think as everybody on a worship team thinks or should think about, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any experience with having to make those decisions or having to step up or step out or step back. I feel like saying we will not draw attention to ourselves when we're standing on the front of the room on a stage is an oxymoron. Yeah. By the nature of us being there and speaking, we're drawing attention to ourselves. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's hard to balance. Right. I, don't, I, don't I mean, I don't answer. think there's a balance. I think like literally you are there communicating and that's your your role is to be in front to communicate, but to communicate up. But on one end of the balance, though, is is me having a, a fighting to have a three minute guitar solo oh, and yeah, jacking yeah, my volume up, you know, yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or, or playing way too many notes when I can play the same thing with less. Right. Where you're trying to, I mean, <laughs> so, well, no, see, the thing is, if you if this is your level of playing, yeah, it isn't. When you only play this, if you try to do all that, that's it. But when you play this, that is... I wasn't, those weren't shots at you, by the way. I was just no, thinking no, no. of like, I'm not even you, thinking, you I'm, can play really fast on the keyboard. Just, so. I'm just yeah. saying, <laughs> playing with authenticity to the level, you know, the people who play concert music mm. play at the highest level possible. They are not showing off. They are playing at the skill that God has gifted them with mm-hmm. um, for the purpose, hopefully some of them to glorify God, right? And so if, if your heart is to glorify God in the ability he's given you, then you're not. You're also going to, as part of a group, want other people to also be able to do that. So you're not taking up every inch of space sonically that exists. Yeah. Because you want to be heard, right? Um, you want to make that wonderful sound together. Yeah, and you it's the heart. It's the heart behind it. I, I, right. That's that's all it really comes down to for all yeah. of it, I guess. But even even a, a church that's like not too far, um, you know, within the state. And, uh, the, the, <laughs> the complaints the I hear about that, uh, that, that, um, worship is that there's like th- at any point on any Sunday, there's a three minute guitar solo, like, and they're like, Oh, there he is. You know, they all right. sit back and wait. As soon as they hear three notes, they're like, here we go. Here's the, right. and that's what I'm thinking of is it's structured around that. It's like, it's a gift that they're offering God, but it's something that people, it knocks people out of focusing well, some, on God. Sometimes like, um, it, it's more valuable to offer your gifts in private. 
You know, like if that's something you can do and you're, you can find worship in that, that's great. We're called to a corporate worship setting where our goal is to not be a distraction. So if you're hearing over and over again that someone's tired of hearing three-minute guitar solos, maybe we don't do three-minute guitar solos. You know, it's mm. one of those things that we definitely... It's it's hard to be sensitive to in the congregation. You know, it's something you're looking into. But sometimes, like Rue was saying, we're on the stage. They're shining lights on your face. You have to, like, it's, the goal is to be set apart. But what are you doing with that mm-hmm. stage? What are you doing with it? And the, what it comes down to is, like, your job is to abandon yourself and effectively lead this congregation in worship, which means demonstrating worship. So if you're demonstrating a guitar solo without any kind of worshipable, worshipful mindset, I almost mm-hmm. said worshipful, that's not a thing, <laughs> worshipful Thankfully. mindset, mm-hmm. when you sit there and you, you know, if it's like, oh, guys, check me out, wrong. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, it's a hard issue. It's like, oh, I'm about to shred this. Well, wrong. that's what I was going to ask is like, what, what self-checks have you had to make? Like, have you ever been like, I mean, for example, I think of Carrie Job whenever I think of modesty, like, okay, she wears dresses that are black from the neck to her ankles because, and she's talked about how, <laughs> okay, <laughs> because she's getting a little, yeah. <laughs> he's and like she, giving the she, high five. I, I have no idea what she looks like. And yeah. I, that contributes like her voice and her worship to me has never once been about her physical appearance. When I've seen other worship leaders that don't. You know, and I'm not talking about anybody with us, but you know, music videos you watch where it's very clearly that they went out and bought a jean jacket and like shaved it down so it looked like they've worn it down. You know, what I mean, like they're they're focused. You could tell they focused a lot on their appearance, and I don't know. I I just see that a lot more of a biblical example than I do. I don't know. Well, I think that something. How come we didn't Jeff? say mention a guy that how they dress because it's always about. I did the, the women. jean jacket. I, that's what I was. Oh, saying. I thought yeah. you meant the woman had the jean jacket. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, like, like no. there, how many worship leaders for like uh, I can I've seen get like tighter jeans. There's one dude that wears. <laughs> well, like there's uh, who's well, the dude that wears like he wears like a like a ne- like a uh, potato sack, and he's like I, I knitted this, you know. Oh, and, Shane Claiborne. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You just dropped the name. Joe was ready with the potato sack. Okay. Well. Yeah, I'm saying, but like. It's strong attention to him and his lifestyle and everything. And like, yeah. instead of the words and the, the Jesus. Yeah. Well, when you talked about like personal, like gut checks you have to take and, and you know, mm. those markers that you have to put on yourself, um, truthfully, th- they more often come from close people. I mean, I've gotten them from you guys more than I've gotten them from myself. Yes. Well, I think that if you, if you wake up in the Sunday morning and you ask yourself what, like, is what I'm doing, bringing glory to God. And the answer is, is ever no? I would just not do that. Let's start right there with. Oh that. yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm yeah. Th- yeah, and, and, and like we've had road. that in a I'm set. That's an easy, easy start. And start. like my Sunday mm-hmm. mornings on my drive to church is very short. So I sit there and I'm just like, it's not as short as yours, but <laughs> but like I sit there and I'm like, all right, God, like let's do this. <laughs> That's pretty much what it boils down to. It's like help me do what you want me to do today. You know, mm. and sometimes it starts there and then things that you were thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. I forget all about, you know, or things like I'm pre-planning. Sometimes they just fall by the wayside by the time I get there in my three minute drive. So it's not, it's nothing crazy. And, and sometimes it, it just comes from just that willingness and that open heart to, to be like, right. And as the church, see, cause like if you go in different church, like you go in African American church, mm-hmm. that person isn't playing anything unusual at yeah. all. And it won't sound over the top there. Right. But then you put it here. So it's kind of like you have to kind of say, yeah, well, it's exactly what it is. You have to decide with situation yeah. what, what it is. But then sometimes that can be like really binding. Yeah, I think a lot of things are in this Christian faith, you know, I don't but know what, if it what, has what, to do with the faith as much as the people like, you know, what I'm saying, because I don't think it's about your relationship with God, your faith with God that like, you know, if you 
you know what I mean? It's more like surrendering your your will, your ability to do something for the benefit of others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is that's what I'm saying the Christian faith is okay. in like every aspect of like Right. But I don't think it's your I mean I it's an act of faith, but I guess it's an act of community more than you know. Well, and saying? it's a laying down of pride sometimes too, like uh for for like I'll try to pick up myself for this, but like, I, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Not that it's you guys, but like sometimes you have to just say like, I'm not going to do that. And so, and it isn't easy because sometimes like for myself, and this is years ago in the past, I remember specifically saying like, wow, why are we going to let that person sing this song? <laughs> like, why would they do that? And like my first thought process was I would do that 10 times better, <laughs> you know? And, and that's a pride thing. And so like to that extent, like, did I necessarily gut check myself there? No, not really. But like, I'd be like, oh, don't, oh, don't let him sing that song. Just let me do it. You know, like yeah. if you well, just let me do it, it'll be better. And sometimes you have to just not do that. And then you see this guy, he starts crying while he's singing it. You're seeing God move, use him in like crazy ways. And you're like, that had an impact. And sometimes you see that when you take that choice to lay yourself down. And that's, that's something that we do. And sometimes it's submitting to your leadership roles. Sometimes it's like just specifically feeling like you didn't want to do it, but whatever, like, I'm just gonna, well, that's, relent that's, to, and I don't want to da- dumb down what you said I, at all. Like, I don't, I, I mm-hmm. agree with you hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I just, uh, mm-hmm. what I was, I guess what I'm thinking of our hats, like certain, I uh, just, cause we, Joe and I've yeah. talked about this before and, and right. not any specific church, but certain, um, you know, there's arbitrary rules that some churches seem to have. And it's mm-hmm. a huge hit to pride when you know, it's a ridiculous thing that's tied to a specific culture and it's annoying and non-biblical. To, to sacrifice over and over and over again to s- submit to an arbitrary rule mm-hmm. because you're afraid of stumbling a brother in your public, in right. the public, and you're up in front. And, and the, the, I mean, I don't know if you can speak to that at all, but it's frustrating, right? Like, do you, uh, yeah. Were but, you worried on. about stumbling somebody ever with that whole thing? <laughs> because I rarely hear guys talk about being worried they're going to stumble somebody. So I'm interested. No, yeah, that's, I'm, no, that's, I kind of got lost in the sauce right now. Okay. No, no, no. With, with hats, uh, like, uh, another, another stumbling hypothetical, a, like church. Um, but like if offending if, or st- offending. offending people okay. like who think it's an, it's a culturally offensive thing. Like, uh, and the gotcha. culturally offensive thing to wear hats that they think it's like disrespectful to God right. during a worship service or whatever okay. it might be. Mm-hmm. But in another church, it might not be. Right. And so right. you go to a church where they find that offensive. It seems like, okay, that's so legalistic. Like just take off, like to make me take off my hat. Like it's fine there. Why can't it be fine here? And then it's like, okay, so when do you adhere to that climate and when yeah. do you try to change it? And how do you go about it? If you're going to be stuck there, do you change or do you say like, try to call it out? Right. And it's that's what back to your thing. It is, it, it is a pride thing because it's just annoying because it's what you want to do. And you're, oh, and you're just like, oh, it's, it's who I am. You know, not that I always would, but I'm saying it's like, it's just who I am. Why can't they just appreciate me? Like, it doesn't make my, it doesn't make me not worshiping God, but if that's the culture, then that's the culture. It is what it is. And you just got to lay it down. Because I, you know, I, and when I was in Israel, that was explaining this to me because, uh, and it made, really made me like see it because it, it used to be annoying for the longest time. Not even like the, I don't have to wear it. It's not even that. Like, it's, it's just the, the logic behind it annoyed me. Where it's mm-hmm. like, if you can't worship through me wearing a hat, how are you going to worship the hardest times of your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? How are you going to worship through any of these? Like, at what that's point true. do you have to get taught? People aren't always there yet, Joe. That's the problem. Well, I, know, I, know, I, know. I had to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, if, if I well, feel like it's, gotta be... that, and that no, no, just, no, it's no, a good no, example, though, of what we're talking about. Like it's got to something... be part of the conversation yeah. because at some point, you have to encourage people to go deeper in their walk so that that right. is not stumbling them. Right. You know what I mean? So, where do you do that? You guys, baby food. You know what I mean? It's time to chew on real food now. You know, so it's like. Listen, in a minute, 
this is those are going to be the most useless arguments we've ever had. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? When it's persecution, but no, when it, like in if you go to the Western Wall, like in Israel or Jerusalem, like you have to men have to wear a hat, yeah. or else that's disrespectful, and mm. it's just like crazy. It's like no, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, friend, a, a friend of ours was in Israel, and they they crossed their leg, and their the bottom of their shoe was facing the guy, and he almost got beat up because yeah. apparently that's a horrible insult to show the bottom of your shoe towards right. somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've never been conscious of that in a in a, in a church setting. If yeah. I cross my leg and it faces you know so and so across the aisle, it's, it's so they're wow. cultural. Norms. And the things you got to learn the hard way because you don't just go into a church or a country <laughs> and like, all right, here's a pamphlet of everything you can't you know yeah, you just get yeah. that. So you're like, oh, all right. But, or <laughs> remember when nice. we were in Italy and the, and the guy told me to take my hat off? Yeah, he was about to kill you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we were in, the, uh, but that was like you can't even go in the building. That wasn't even yeah. like you're gonna offend me. It's like no, you got to take it off. You're in the building. So that was it's just cra- it's just different. But you got to respect the culture that you're in. And I think sometimes like. One of the burdens that's taken off of us in serving in any church capacity is sometimes you spend a lot of time diligently in prayer on if you're supposed to be in that place, serving under that pastor in Mm -hmm. this specific congregation. And sometimes if you reach the conclusion of, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and your pastor says, don't wear a hat on stage, it's not worth the argument sometimes. Mm -hmm. You're just like, thanks for telling me what's up, (laughs) you know, and I'm going for Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, and then you have the opportunity to spend time in prayer and find out if that is a battle worth fighting, a hill worth dying on, you know, if it's something that, that you think could really be a positive influence on, on altering this guy's mission, you know, cause that's, that's what we all, when it all comes down to it at the end of the day with what we do in a corporate worship setting is that we bring our gifts and use them for God under the leadership of our pastor mm-hmm. and how to further and feed his flock, <laughs> you know, not ours. It's not our we're we're sheep in it that are you know just helping in any way we can and sometimes it takes that burden off us right. like for me i wear a hat every single day of my life yeah every single day i wear a hat till i go to bed and what are you trying to hide man except for eight to, <laughs> eight to 12 yeah and but i wear it every single day of my life so for me it's like it's weirder to not do that it's 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 weird to wake up and think like, I have to do something with my hair. Mm-hmm. Like I have to figure my head out in order for me to walk through the door. It's a different thought process yeah. where I think I have to take that time and I have to do that. And I have to like, you know, sometimes it's about making yourself presentable and setting yourself apart. So you could look at it however you want to, but sometimes it does just take the burden off where your pastor says like, we don't wear hats on stage here because there are people in our congregation that it will offend and they need to be fed baby food. And <laughs> they're yeah, at this yeah. place where they need this. And sometimes you got to just shut up and deal with it. All right. Yeah. You got it, buddy. Yes, sir. You know, and like, you know, that can take a lot of burden off of it. Um, especially in our church. Like we do have an approachable pastor, I think, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, it's weird, but like, you know, like just funny anyone like can talk to him. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, you know. he's always been approachable as long as I've known him and everyone says the same thing about him. Like, as long as I've known him my whole life, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, mean, uh, and, but again, too, I think it's important that, if the, if the culture is that different and it's causing you to stumble that much, just go somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. there's God has different parts of the body for different reasons. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm not going to go to a, a church where like all the women have to wear dresses and all the men have to wear ties. That's just not where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go there and complain about it and start causing so in discord. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause God is right off there. The, the, <laughs> you know? the jump. You would respect where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
yeah, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get too specific because then it'll kind of, but you know, like there's certain things like, I mean, as a woman, there's a lot of pressure that we stumble guys. You know what I mean? I don't know how much pressure there is on you guys to get your acts together. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't hear a lot of that. Like, you guys are struggling with this because of what's in your heart. It's what's inside it. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes, I guess, maybe my pushback when I hear stuff about this particular topic is because I don't hear enough of that. And maybe it's because it's not a conversation that which I don't disagree with. I think that I think that the converse thing needs to happen. It's okay. So, oh, like, all right. So that person is causing you to lust. Okay, let's sit down and let's talk about why. Does anybody cause we... anybody to lust? I'm sorry? Can anyone cause you to lust? You lust because you long but for you the know things. That to... it, but you know you, the situation I... of the fact that like it can be more open. Huh? Scripturally, it's because of what's in us that we lust. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You also don't drink near alcoholics. You know what I mean? So there, there is yeah, two, saying, two yeah. sides of the conversation. Right. But I do think there is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying, right? Right. I, I just... I would like to hear more of the conversation because I think people stay stuck in certain things because the focus is on that other person changing. You know what I mean? Like controlling what you can't control. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But but I do believe in respecting where you are. And if you can't, then you have to go. Mm-hmm. And you have to make... Well, and I think that often that it does boil down to like if spend time in the Word and realize that if it's not something that's going specifically against Scripture... And the pastor's leading that flock the way that, you know, according to the biblical layout and everything like that, then you making a wave isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it can be. Sometimes it's like, hey, I didn't know that. Or, wow, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Mm -hmm. And often those are cultural things like, you know, it's really weirder now that we don't do this you know it's like oh i never would have thought of that you know and like uh we, we could pick on my dad for a second like his favorite song is as the deer pants for his the dad's water Phil Wickham. <laughs> but Phil you know Wickham? his favorite song is as the deer pants for the water and it's like i'm like that is a horrible song <laughs> you know like lyrically okay fine i love it but you know it's you just look at it and you know but he one of the conversations they had a while ago was like what we do contemporary music here and it's like well, you did contemporary of five years ago. You're doing it, so it's a, it's either contemporary or it's not. Mm-hmm. And some, and I remember the one time he had, he felt like his eyes were open to that by someone that was just like that isn't contemporary. What you are describing isn't currently contemporary. So, yeah, thirty four rest- years old. Yeah, restructure what you want to see, you know. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, oh, okay. And sometimes that's a good thing, and it and it yielded a lot of positive fruit. And but on the flip side, like, you know, are, are, should you call for your pastor to step down because he doesn't want you to wear a hat to play the drums? No, maybe you don't need to serve under that. But, you know, so like there's yeah. there's I picked on you. I'm sorry. But, no, no, I agree. But the, it, you know, so like, like sometimes it's, that's not the hill worth dying on and right, right, realize exactly. what God's yeah. doing, because yeah, if it's about you, then you're wrong anyway. Right. If your approach exactly. to the pastor is I feel that I should be entitled to do this with no scriptural basis, then like it's probably a pride issue. Start there. And that's what I'm saying. Like I had no problem submitting and not wearing the hat. I just like when something doesn't logically mm-hmm. settle, mm-hmm. like I can't, it, it, it frustrates me. But it's crazy how much I flipped over the years. And now I argue the other way. Mm. But I used to 100% argue. I used to argue with Brian all the time about this. Mm-hmm. And then I like finally had to like really see it where it's just like, Jesus spent his whole entire life laying down his rights. And we like we want to fight so bad for wearing like a hat. Or like, you know what I mean? Or like well, or, wait a minute now. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but Jesus also broke a lot of the cultural traditions all over the place. Like talking to women, talk to the Samaritans. Like he did not like For the sake of the gospel. Exactly. Right. So, so I don't want to make it like the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. The hat is not for the sake of the gospel. 
Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like a, my me wearing or we're not wearing a hat is not going to further or not further the kingdom either True. way. Good point. Him talking to a Samaritan woman at the well. Now all Samaria, she ran back and told everybody in Samaria about this. So that's it's. I see what you're saying, but there's different. So I had to like really like see that and like at the end of the day, you're right. It's just like. If I were to leave a church, like this is like you know, Pastor always talks oh, yeah, about yeah. a church carpet. Space. It goes That's the carpet crazy. color. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. And people it, do that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or even like it, leave the church is dramatic, but like at the end of the day, even if you break it down to like I'm gonna get frustrated over whether or not I can wear I can wear a hat and I can wear a hat like you said 24-7 any other time of the week I just don't do it these four hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's what I think the conversation could look something like this so say say uh, we're just gonna keep going with hats if that's okay <laughs> um, I don't I don't even wear hats Fine, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but like say somebody's like really upset that you wore a hat and you're not on the worship team and you're just like you're in the sanctuary and you're like you had it on during a prayer and you forgot to take it off and somebody's upset and they talk to you mm-hmm. and you're like okay so I, I, I will not wear it anymore for your sake but I would like to meet up and I, I want to go over you know, scripture with you. And I want you to show me the value, the, the, you know, the foundation for that belief. Mm-hmm. And then I want to find out why you're idolizing culture over Jesus. That's, yes, yeah, so we should, that's and, what and then, and then, you know, I mean, that sounds insulting, but so is mm-hmm. what they're saying to you. And it's both true. Yeah. So like, if, if you just, you know, show, show me with the scripture that you're basing this on, and maybe there is scripture that you don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I would say, yeah. I would even go as far to say, and maybe this is just me, just, just to show your, to do it in love. Mm-hmm. So say somebody came at me and like they had an issue with me wearing a hat. I would do exactly what you said, but still never wear the hat. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, like don't, even don't though, stumble like, Almost, it sounds, it sounds practical. Almost Kill like prove you're right and then still do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but w- I would love to ask a question sometimes. Did you pray about this before you talked to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, I know I there was somebody in our church who was wearing a hat who had a uh, health condition that was very severe. As a matter of fact, when they worked in my school district, they were allowed to wear, because guys can't wear co- head coverings like yeah, that. Yeah. Because of that, when, and somebody was offended at our church because this person had it on, and they obviously didn't pray one second about it because God would have told them it's all good. You know what I'm saying? He would, you know what I mean? It's all good because this person has stuff yeah, going yeah, yeah. on that's, you know. And so I think we do have to ask, you know, even if before we even have that, have you prayed about it at all? Because sometimes we react and we have conversations, but we haven't prayed about it. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I have yet to be offended. Yeah, that's another thing. By it's like we culture words. Like, like so. I've never been offended ever by tattoos or hats clothes. or clothes. Yeah. Really, I can't name one time. It's coming, uh, no, it's coming this that, Sunday now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, so I, 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 no, I really can't. I can't. Are you I, saying specifically by people in the church leadership or in the church congregation or either, just ever in your life? Either. Like I, I it, Wait, and maybe, you, and by the way, not enough to remember. You don't, mean, that you don't mean hurt by somebody. You no, mean no, like I somebody mean, like, did something and that offended you, like and offended me enough to be like, listen, I got you're not, just you by know, who they are. Yeah, okay. well, no, like it, it doesn't. Have, I've never looked at somebody with the sleeve and been like, oh, no, I, I can't talk to them about no, I can't. it. Now. Yeah, you know? yeah, or like, <laughs> and, like I've just yeah. never. It's never been a part of. I just don't. Maybe I'm oblivious. Or the or the other way, if you want to go the other real concern, like a suit or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, yeah. I just don't get that mentality. Just let let them do them. You do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And there's, um, you know, once I'm like, oh, and then it's over. Like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. stick with me for more than a half a second when something happens. Yeah. But I mean, maybe it's because I'm in a really healthy church environment and this happens a lot in other places. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I think that's yeah. something that like is, is a product of the culture inside the church. You know, like we're, you know, the, the more that we're all looking out for each other, the more people that serve in any capacity or involved in encouraging new people to come in they're going to see the genuine hearts they're going to see people it's it's harder to be offended by someone oh i thought of one keep going casual it's hard okay. to be so it's hard to be offended so by someone that okay. you see like 
it's, it would be hard to be offended by Joe's sleeve when I know Joe. Like his whole goal mm, is like, true. yeah, because there's so many other things to be offended by. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I look at it and Joe, literally Joe's That's the kind the of guy where, I, like he said, I started by playing Cajon and I was like, yo, what, if you remember Wednesdays, what, two years ago, mm. it was Vincent, period. That mm. was it. It was just me. I was there by myself on Wednesdays because nobody else wanted to do it. And it was just me. And I was like, yo, Joe, you going to play Cajon or something? And he was like, yeah, sick. And he started over guitar or whatever, whatever mm. it was. So I wasn't alone. And it wasn't because I couldn't do it alone. It's because I was like, yeah, something's off. Like, let's do it. Right. So like yeah. we went and then, so like I know Joe, so his sleeve isn't the most offensive part of him. And like, and I'm picking on him because I, I know, yeah, but again, the more like, you I don't know, even people, know, I don't even see it. it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just Joe. I, it's, 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 well, it's just, uh, maybe it's because I work in a public school where I see all kinds of yeah. Uh, yeah, different that people from different walks of life. Right. And this is just, a, this is actually actual question. I'm not, maybe, do you think it's because we're like desensitized to everything? Whereas that old, the, a generation above us isn't as much. I, I would say that's true. Cause like, but I'm I don't sure, think like, it's a bad why thing. Why did you 70s? pause and look at me? That's, yeah, okay. Because well, you're older than me. <laughs> There's nobody else here older than me except that. for you. <laughs> This is rare you know, for offended? Joe. No, I'm no, but I'm saying, I, think, I, think, I think I am desensitized, but I don't think it's wrong to be desensitized by culture. I don't think it's desensitized. I think it's accepting. Like yeah, you're, okay. you guys are broader in what you accept. You just see it so much. In terms of where clothing and how you, yeah. Well, no, but I'm saying the sense that, like, right. you know, I, if, if we try to put our brains back into like, even like you said, like a Mexican church where the words, like, I don't know, like what, what, what would have been offensive biblically to like Paul on them mm -hmm. is that changeable with time or is it should not be changeable that's my question really well I mean even even um you know, were you guys told this growing up that like you shouldn't get tattoos that are visible or change your hair color right before an interview because I was told that my whole life yes like life. you shouldn't have a visible tattoo in an interview especially for like it's teaching true. yeah um and I mean I have seen teachers hired recently with pink hair and sleeves because it's more accepting. It's more accepting. Uh, we're more accepting than we were when I was a kid, which yes. is, um, you know, which was still, like five minutes ago. I would so. still say even the tattoos are a little bit dicey, depending uh, on depending the, on what they are too, right. and what they are, and where and you are on your face or on. But we're, we're yeah. still going forward to that. I went with my dad. I had an interview, and he was like, "Oh, I'll drive you," which is weird. Anyway, I'm a grown person, but he uh, like he was like, "You're gonna shave before you go, right?" And I had a beard. I was like, "Absolutely not." You look ridiculous and, with that. I know. I've seen me without it. But he was like, "You're gonna <laughs> shave before we go." Anyway, after this long argument, my dad like full screaming at me in the car not like yelling angrily but he's like you have to do it that's, that's what interviews are this is what it is like you have to be clean shaven he was like at least like get it cleaned up or like whatever it was and it mm -hmm. was this whole thing and i remember specifically like he he was driving me to this interview and he drove to a barbershop on the way between <laughs> me and there and he said you're gonna go get like cleaned up pretty much he was like mm -hmm. putting his foot i was like I'm not going to get the job because of this. You'll see. I know my face under there. So anyway, we went into the barbershop and I was like, yo, you can like trim it up and shape it up a little bit. And then the guy ruined it. And my, I, I had that to hold over my dad forever. But he up until this is what, like six years, seven, eight years. I don't know, eight, yeah. nine years ago. And he was just like, no, that's completely unacceptable. Now I've never once considered like if I were going to go for a job interview, I wouldn't be like, I need to be clean shaven. I would never consider that in right. my own. And that's brain. kind of my question because we're, we're talking about it from like, you know, job interviews and like the world. But what I'm saying is within the church, mm -hmm. are we becoming more accepting of anything? This is a question of anything that's compromising our faith is what I'm saying. Oh, you're. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking a question. Like that, I would say yeah. that if that were, I can't like, think now of we're more accepting. What I'm saying is basically I had tattoos. So I'll use that. Like now we're more accepting of tattoos, but should we be? 
Or, but that's just an example. Like, I don't know. I'm, I can't think of one off the top yeah, of my head. I, like, I'm, I know what you're trying to say. You see, I just can't think of an example like, of one that's not hats or tattoos and you can't really find, like, you can find somebody that's going to say they found something in Leviticus. But, like, uh, yeah. I mean, for a tattoo. I, I would say, like, something like living together. Okay. But that, that okay, the church is yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. Yeah. less, like, scandalized by people who are living together because they're in a committed relationship. Like premarital. Right. So that, that's my question. Are we becoming right. more accepting or are we compromising basic fundamental christian again it's hard because i'm not in a in a church that compromises scripture yeah, yeah. so no, it's i like, know but I, like I, i'm saying but for example like that was an obvious one but mm -hmm. like like a one that may not be as obvious where you're saying like i just don't get offended my question is are you not getting offended because i'm not saying you're compromising your beliefs but i'm saying our beliefs have become desensitized to moral like i think for sure i just haven't seen it permeate a, a sunday service yet and not for nothing but the bottom line is like if someone will we'll pick a new stranger walked into our church and they had a sleeve, and they had pink hair, and they had whatever the, all the things that trigger you are, Adam, like gauges or like nose. Piece. I'll just go with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like if so you had serious. all these things that, that just kind of like were. Vince, you're describing you last Wednesday. So. <laughs> it's fine. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I do what I do. But you know, so if you look at it, and they, someone walked in with that, does do they need to encounter Jesus any less than the next person? And the the fact is no. no. So like, who's arguing that? But I'm saying like, if we're, if Satan. we can't look past that from right. the people that are trying to minister or look outward and, or draw people in rather then there's no, then, then we're already failing. Like if we can't look right. past that in order to try to, but I think that's the us. gospel clearly. Yeah. And we're, but, we should, if we're in leadership, we should be the more mature and we should be able to look past that. Correct. We're talking about the people, generally the people who are on the more offended side or the weaker you know, or be used air quotes well, over. You know what I mean? Like, well, as, like yeah. There's so it's so anecdotal. It's so hard to like. I know because I can think of so many things. Like there was a, there was somebody in our church like two weeks ago mm -hmm. that um, sat in the front row and held their ears and then complained about tattoos and left and said they were never coming back. And in my opinion, um, they should find another church. Yeah, you know, I think because, they made it through too many songs. Have, so it's it's really <laughs> well. It's really critical one to to think and judge. I mean, maybe they had their tattoos before they were saved, and then then they are up there, and God called them to lead worship. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that they're no, they, they don't qualify for so ministry. You, All right, no, that's cool. Just look right at me. Hold on. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's like, not true. I, that's I, a valid question. I, I, I love that. I love that person's soul, but I don't know if that's really their stumbling block. This isn't the church for them because right. it's it's not it's just not fair. To, to, to decide if someone's qualified to lead a ministry based off of something, their BC days, and, you know, something that kind of marks their BC days and or Even whatever it, it might be. BC. No, that's what I, I know, but I, I'm just saying it's this a guy part of their testimony. Know. This guy didn't know if it was but BC I'm, or I'm not. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you look at yourself and you know mm. how much you fall and you sin, like, I mean, okay, yeah, the yeah. tattoo is the biggest deal. Like, there's so many things we do on the regular <laughs> mm -hmm. that why not that person be up there? You know, why not me too? Because it's about Jesus, like being bigger than all of that, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, I agree. Like to me, it's like making a statement to do all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be in the front row and doing that, like just, just quietly go to the bathroom and just goodbye, you know, like yeah, yeah. find yeah. a place where you can be a part of the family and you can go hundred percent mm -hmm. and be serving the Lord. And, and that's why there's different types of churches. And I think like there's even in our, our town specifically, there's no lack of style. You know, like yeah. you can go, you can go somewhere and have a more mellow service. You can go somewhere and have a more lively service than ours. You can go, you know, places and encounter totally different things. And like, and a lot of the people that I've talked to in that capacity, like, don't have any less of an understanding of God. They just have a different passion or desire for the their their part of the community that they're reaching. Mm -hmm. Their their congregation needs to be fed differently, and that's a big deal. And like. You know, 
so like there there's opportunities to be fed in all those kind of places and you know in all different places even locally so i don't you know so like you like you're saying so they come in and they're offended by that to be offended by that like in their capacity obviously i believe they were wrong because if if you're going to be that offended and still stay and then offend the other people you're just as bad as anybody else mm-hmm. like you're throwing the first stone <laughs> you know so yeah. it's just an interesting but the, here's it i mean there's so many different things though it's like Okay, so that person, I agree with. I think we all agree that, like, that, I, again, I'm not speaking anything negative about said person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pray that they found that I'll give them a list of churches that don't have people up there that, you know, offend them. Right. Um, but if, like, if that's going to continually happen, does that person start wearing long sleeves so they can, you know, keep people in the seats? I, well, that's I would the thing say, that's rough. Yes, that's the part that it's yeah, like, And I would say no. And to me, that's what I'm saying. I would say, yeah. No, I would say, because. Wait, what's the question? Okay, then. Do you Sorry. love Jesus? What do you answer? <laughs> I thought we were on the, Sorry, just take the opposing we were on the side. Same page. No, I thought we were on the no, same page. No, what okay. I'm saying is, and I had this, we were discussing this about another issue. I said, we have two people at the church. They're offended opposite ways about the same person. Which person do you honor in terms of, okay, now I'm not doing this thing, right? So who would be offended yeah. by the longer sleeves, though? That's what I'm asking. Well, maybe because somebody's like, well, why are you, you know, I'm just saying like that the sleeves doesn't work for that situation, but there could be something that two mm-hmm. people felt st- stumbled or offended by oppositely. Yeah. Who do you, who, <laughs> it gets to a point, would, like if the pastor doesn't have a problem with the person on stage with the tats. Yeah. Well, that's when I deflect to the pastor. Right. If, if the pastor is okay with it and it's not saying, like, said, so you want to play, you got to cover it up. Then I think you can stand on that and be like comfortable and say, this is accepted in our church. I mean, yes. soon. Rue is pointing at Joe and I. <laughs> well, yeah. my, no, I agree. Sorry. I'm sorry. Thank I, you. No, I agree, with, I agree with that. If it was one and one split down the middle, I thought why, why I disagreed is I thought you were saying like if like seven people came up and were like, I have a problem with like Joe's tattoos, I will forever wear long sleeves. Long sleeves. That's just, that's just, yeah. that's just what I'm saying now is what I would do now. Yeah. If seven if people me, were like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so in, specific, in a hypothetical yeah, world yeah, where, that, yeah. where I found out that happened or, you know, or uh, what, you know, that probably would be that if it was, if I disobeyed pastor and wore a hat you know yeah. what i mean it's but like i can't so, so you'd wear the sleeve you would wear a long sleeve but you wouldn't get rid of the tattoos get rid of them did i stop well, yeah it's one's expensive. a lot yeah one's a lot more expensive than the other if they if the church funded I'm saying it, if, if if the issue is having the tattoo it's not seeing the tattoo oh. well i think well, no, i think issue. i think a lot of people <laughs> I'm yeah. saying no, yeah. I think a lot they're of people not stumbling get, because I think where like our pastor and like a lot of people where the line is drawn is when you're in front leading or if you're like a uh, nursery leader or when you're in a position of ministering, you're a position of leading. It's a next level. You know, you can't tell somebody in the church, just a regular person to not. Have, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. I'm saying the issue isn't that they can see it is that you have it. And I'm leading. Okay, so you I have it, and I'm leading. Not you, I'm having, and I'm just in the church. You covering it up doesn't change the fact that you have it. Well, that that well that changes. That's a that's gonna be biblically addressed, you know. Well, how? Because there's no biblical thing against having them. I mean, okay, we, well, some okay, people so, argue that, but yeah, well, I can argue with them. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I, this comes no, I mean, from no, so, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is coming from someone who doesn't have tattoos. Like, I tried to find scripture and the Bible study we did two, a year and a half yeah. ago, two years to to justify. Like, I wanted to argue against it because I didn't have them and I was jealous, I was bitter. Um, no, was good, <laughs> but I was trying to be like, all right, you know, I tried to put my bias on scripture and I couldn't. Like, there, I could even the one the one that's always quoted in Leviticus, Leviticus was not yeah. for it was it was like for the Israelites it, to be separate from the Canaanites and the Canaanites were whipping themselves and torturing themselves. And so the, the idea of like, it was self mutilation mm. uh, with scars, not necessarily yeah. ink. And it was, right. it was a much different thing where it was like, 
um, whipping yourself and cutting yourself. Um, so it was much different. And so if you're going to, if you're going to cite scripture, then maybe there's others I haven't read, you know, but that's, if you're going to cite that one, it's like, right. To me, if you, if if you want to make an argument for it, to me, the one is like the stewardship of money. That's a good, that's a legitimate, like, because they're not cheap. Tattoos are not cheap. That's a good I think argument. it's the biggest argument. I think yeah. it's the most valid, as someone with tattoos, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the most valid one, is that it's like, okay, well, like, what could you have done with that money? And sometimes it's like, hmm, yeah. you're right. I could you, <laughs> Yeah, you can get a freckle and it's $50. Yeah. The bare minimum, that might not be that anymore. Now it's probably like 100 Yeah, so it's like, okay. A freckle? You know. Like, like you can just just, just for them to put the, gloves on yeah. and go for it, yeah, because it's the same thing. Yeah, you they gotta charge like, for a half the, hour. the ink that they use. They gotta change the needles. The whole they charge it for a half hour, whatever it is, like oh, whatever okay. their rate is. Yeah. So that's a good argument. The stewardship of the money, but not the like. Yeah, and it's just because right argument. next to that Bible verse is where you have to wear one, one, uh, you know, one yeah, one material of clothing. Yeah, you have to have your vegetation for seven years. You know, whatever the thing is, you gotta have your vegetation for like seven years, and then you can. That gives to the Lord, and it's like a whole thing, you know. So it's like, so don't just pick and choose. Yeah. Right. One, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and and also, we're we're, on, we're talking about tattoos now. Apparently, it's our new topic. Um, but, <laughs> it was tats. The, but then it went but, to tattoos. But the idea of of like the heart behind it is the, the biggest why reason I haven't gotten one because any place I get one is to draw attention to that spot, and why do I need attention to that spot? In general, like it's not necessarily a negative. I'm not saying it's a great like testimony to have it. I'm not saying it's like everyone should go get it, <laughs> but I'm saying that it has it has yielded a lot more fruit than the people that have come up to me upset about it on a Sunday. You know more. Yeah, that's a much smaller list. Yeah, I don't have any like final answers. I don't. No, well, I guess it's kind of like you. Each person has to pray, pray and ask for like God the to. Lead. Yeah, and be willing, which can be hard if you have a particular opinion about something and it doesn't make sense to you, but. For the greater good of the gospel. Yeah. And I think just that, I think doing that, like laying down what you want so, like if, going back to the hats, like if you wanted to wear hats so bad and like laying that down isn't, isn't in and of itself a form of worship. Hmm? Because I think like to honor God with like extravagant love and like extreme submission is like what really worship Mm. is. And that's, Mm. yeah, I don't know. Because like you said, it's some, how much, how many times, if it wasn't offensive, how many times would you wear a hat on stage? Every single time. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, <laughs> and also, you have to look yeah. at it like worship isn't just Sunday morning. Like, well, exactly. worship it's is what you do, yeah. and everything that you, you know, the different sacrifices you make are a cause for worship. And, and it's one of those things that it, it can't, it can't, and shouldn't just be your Sunday morning ritual. It should just be, mm-hmm. you know, it should be, a, that should be an overflow or an extension or a chance to use it in a different capacity. Fine. But we see that in, in each and every decision that we make should be an overflow of, of, our, of our lifestyle of worship, of the way that we're choosing to lean in on that at all times. And, and like waking up and saying, like, what are you doing? How does it bring glory to God? You know, and, and if you're doing that in all your things, you know, uh, so, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, at home by yourself, like oftentimes, like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't spend time like, it's, I don't spend time practicing because I just get lost in worship. Like sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. I may not practice a song, like the correct arrangement for Sunday. Cause I was like, Ooh, I was vibing. <laughs> you're just yeah. playing by mm-hmm. yourself and you're diving into it. But like it, that, that is of no benefit to any other person on the planet for me to sit there and sing hallelujah for the cross at my couch. Like that's of nothing other than the fact that I'm just like, God, like you're awesome. Like, here you go. Well, right. and I think that the question we've been answering in every question we've talked about is how much should the church shape culture and culture shape church? Like how much do they interact mm-hmm. and how does that look like, right? From worship, from like what, how you pick your songs, do you keep up with the trends? Do you like what you wear, what you ink, you know, like all of those things, the hats, like all that stuff. And the part, the, the, the comment I was making on the secular thing with the job interviews and how it's changed mm-hmm. is like, I think I'm desensitized to it 
and I don't think it's a black and white issue in the Bible. And I, so I, I do think that the difference between um, our generation, all of us in this room, like our generation, the people who are um, of the generation that thinks that it's an anomaly, like tattoos, if we're yeah. thinking of that one, it's going to change. Like it's going right, to be, right, right. It, and it's from, that's why I don't notice it because it is a part of my culture. Yeah. We'll be that generation later. Down yeah. The road. Like, whatever <laughs> the next thing, thing is, we can't yeah. be that's better in 30 years. You know, but the, about, and that's what I'm saying. We just got to make sure it's not compromising the gospel, God's morals and the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, which, but like, we're talking like we, we decide these things. Like that's why you got to find a pastor who holds tight to scripture. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. I don't decide Absolutely. any of these things. Yeah. You know, like, and the nice thing is I don't really have to think about it ever because it's just like okay what's the deal thanks you know right. i don't I, I don't envy that responsibility to no. decide what the bible says for my culture uh -huh. you know uh -huh. so i don't know that's why like we do the rer like the read explain relate because i know exactly why he's deciding everything you know mm -hmm. god is good all right so that's ruth saying she wants to go to bed no <laughs> that's ruth saying she has to go to potty oh, go to, you can go we'll keep going <laughs> yeah all right we'll be back just don't bring your mic with you <laughs> that would be awesome though like you know no um <laughs> just got reverb all right so i, do, I did this to cole last week Ru. okay you uh, ready yes i'm ready so you need to give me one sentence that summarizes everything we said and it has to be incredibly profound and it has to trump everything so if, if we just deleted the episode and there were 10 seconds left how would you summarize everything we said with one profound fortune cookie statement cole paused for five seconds and said something about jesus all right mm -hmm. Surrender everything you might want or think and rely on Jesus and search for it in the word and live your life in surrender. Nice. Preach. Well done. You've been encountered. Better than Cole. <laughs> <laughs> All right.